Warning, if you're faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. Let's ask the question to each of you. You decide who goes first. If you had to go down the list and build the perfect man, physically, emotionally, spiritually, every body part, every emotion, every piece of their personality, describe your perfect man. I'll go first, elephant <laughs> dick. <laughs> Giant <laughs> elephant dick for sure. What is it? Let's list. say it again. Elephant dick. Elephant. I need. Okay. I need a All big, right. large right. equipment <laughs> to work with. No. Okay. Okay, welcome to the Nick Vertucci Show. I am Nick Vertucci and the first time co-hosting here, Caitlin from Texas, and we are with the lovely Lynn G. Lynn, how are you? I'm good. Thank good. you so much for feeding us. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. yes. Right before we went live, I uh, made a pizza. Yes. And uh, how was it? Was it was that, amazing. Was it was deep dish from Luminati's, which when I was in well, Chicago. Well, it's not Luminati. That's, that's a cult. It's Lou Melanati's. <laughs> Say that one more time. Well, Luminati's, it, that's, uh, that would be, you know, you need, we need to do a blood We're going to try to recruit you as soon yeah, as the podcast gonna, is after, over. Yeah, we're we're going to take you into the back room. Are you sure and, it's not pronounced Luminati's though? Lou Melanati's. There's, I think you're Lou, making up letters. Lou Melanati's. Okay, Lou Melanati's. Hey, I'm the, I'm the fucking Italian here, all right? It's Lou Melanati's, huh? Ah, uh, okay, right. okay, got it, okay. Right, you got it. When you said it that <laughs> way, it was a lot clearer. It's Lou Melanati. Yeah, how could I argue with that? A little, little sausage pizza. <laughs> there you go. That's sausage in, a, in broken Italian. I don't know what the fuck it is. Anyways, you're welcome. That was your first deep dish experience? Yes, ever. Good. Actually. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Like, we were in my first. entire life. <laughs> We were your first deep dish. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's one of the uh, things I've been really surprised, pleasantly surprised getting to know you over the last couple of days is how nurturing you are. You love to feed me and it's my, it's your best quality. That's right. <laughs> no I, other good qualities. That's it. It's just, it might be. Yeah. No, that's it. Uh, I like to cook. Yeah. I love to cook. I like to eat. So those two go together. Yeah. We've been doing good. We've been doing good. Anyways. Okay. So Lynn, you're here. Thank you for coming. Uh, you were so kind to put some notes together here. Um, because you did that, I am going to let you go first. Not let you. I'm going to. I want you to. Okay. Oh my please, God, the Daddy, may I? Please. She's allowed to go first. We're equal. Yeah. Right. This is my signal to please help me. Nick. Yeah. This means shut up. No. Uh, let's go, go ahead. What do you got for Lynn? So um, I guess a really natural place to start, Lynn, is like, where are you from? Where's your hometown? What's your background like? Sure, yeah. So my parents moved around a ton growing up. Um, they're immigrants, and they just like realized like if you switch jobs a bunch, you get to make more money. Um, so did, they did that. Eventually, we settled down in California, uh, lived in San Diego for a while, and I think because I formed like so many memories there, I still kind of consider Carmel Valley area home. Um, but I've been in LA for close to a decade now, and I absolutely love this city. Are you in, you're in LA? I'm in LA. I'm in Culver City at the moment. Nice. Um, I don't know if I'll stay there, but uh, as some people might know, I, I lived out of Airbnbs and hotels for a while. That was super duper fun. I was probably in a different city every week. Um, 
but I'm getting tired of that. I'm 25. I'm getting old. I want to settle down for at least a month. Um, so yeah, we'll so see. Where you're this looking goes. for a white picket fence type thing. Type exactly. Deal? Damn nice. right. I am. Damn it. Okay. Well <laughs> guys, if uh, you're out there, w- would it include a, a man? Um, or a woman. No, um, hey. most likely a man, men, yeah. women, whoever. So you're saying there's a chance. There's hit, hit Lynn up. And, uh, and if you have a white picket fence, bring it with you. And Do either of you guys have white picket fences, by the way? No. Uh, no, no, there's no, where is fence. it, Nick? Uh, you know, we just didn't do that. I live, I totally live in, I live in Orange County. It's a suburb. It's in a cul-de-sac. Got I mean, a rot I'm, iron I'm, So yeah. what Nick's really trying to say is that he's too rich to have the white picket fence. He has like the rot iron mm-hmm. or maybe That's it's right. like the shrubs the all the way up to the top. Electric opening gates. Yeah. yeah of course. Of course. <laughs> That's basically what I was trying to say, but you said it better. I figured yeah. I'd help you out. Speaking <laughs> of opening iron gates... Uh, tell me about your opening iron gates. Here's what I mean by that. You're, uh, <laughs> yes. We could go like 10 different ways. We're going to need an explanation no, for that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay uh, on a different path than you think. Um, I'm just going to go right to it. This is something that I promise you when I'm at a poker table, if a conversation comes up and you're not there, this is what comes up. And it's not creepy. It's about money. So my question to you is how at 25 are you playing these high stakes how are you grinding like this? And you've been playing for how many years now? I've been playing for five or six years. Five now. or six years. Yeah. So 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Right. Okay. How is this happening? Where, how do you, do you work? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't feel like I work. Right. Yeah. Tell so us how this happened. I guess I'll like start from the beginning where like 19, 20, I played a lot of poker and I think like. At that point, I was like, oh, wow, like it'd be so glamorous and fun and freeing to be a professional poker player. Um, had some upswings, had some downswings. Uh, but come like 2020, when the pandemic hits, I'm on the biggest upswing of my life, doing well. Um, and then I've also just like bought some crypto over the years. So I think between a combination of things, um, as well as there's been like some revenue for my poker channel. Affiliate marketing is sure. super lucrative. Uh, through all of that, I don't feel like like making money like has to be like my first priority. And uh, how is that? Because everyone has to make money. Are you come from money? No, uh, no, I don't come from money. Okay. My parents, so they supported me through college. Yeah. But then they found out about poker, so that ended. Um, but yeah, I. I I feel privileged. Oh, when your not parents found out about poker, that was it. Yeah. So that's a, it's, it's a good story now. It was terrifying then. Um, yeah. I think I was 20, maybe 21. I just landed in Macau because I was visiting my boyfriend at the time. Anyways, or I just landed in Hong Kong. I open up my phone and I see 14 missed calls from my mom. Whoa. And this that's is scary, when I know actually. I'm dead. Like yeah. there's, there's no way she's called me 14 times. Either you're dead or somebody else is dead. <laughs> Well, seriously, Correct. when yes. someone calls it, that times. is true. Um, so, turn like give her a call back after taking like a couple of like very deep breaths, um, and I'm just like, "Hey, mom!" Like at this point, I think I have like maybe like 40k or something. I'm just like, "Hey, mom, I have 40k. I'm gonna keep playing poker. Like, if you guys decide that you guys need a few months to like talk to me again or whatever, like if you guys want me to return the car, if you guys cut me off your insurance, like completely understand, but I'm going to go do this. Um, and I think at this point she's like pretty mad, but I think she also gets like my resolve. Um, 
But just to paint the picture, I have like very strict, very authoritarian. Very traditional. Very traditional. So they were like, you should be a doctor or a lawyer. Yes. You need to go through like the the steps of what Absolutely. When you were in school, what was your major? My major was econ. Okay. Um, But I I really majored in beer pong. Like I actually had like, so I'm a try hard when it comes to everything. I like uh, those red solo cups set up everywhere so I could just practice like my beer pong shot you know yeah i mean because well you were preparing for real life stuff right exactly that other bullshit no one one uses that no one uses that well you must be doing pretty good because i just saw a tweet in the last week that said you're looking for an assistant so i i struggle with this a little bit actually one of the responses i got from like a twitter account his name is newman um but we have like thoughtful discussions on a bunch of things anyways he was just like no like you just need to get more efficient you don't need an assistant and i've definitely overhired in the past where i've had like a part-time assistant like a part-time va because people are cheaper when they're in the philippines um like a maid and everything but it's what's like, a va a virtual assistant oh see i don't know anything yeah okay. so you pay them like Two to six dollars an hour instead of thirty dollars an hour. It's great. Whoa! Um, but they and what can, sort of things are they doing for you? Like ordering your groceries, booking your flights. Exactly. Or, okay. Like, well, yeah, maybe not so much ordering my groceries, but also okay. if I need any data sorted or if I need anything like. Are they out really good? Or, um. So you have to like train them unless they come like pre-trained, in which mm. case you're paying a hefty premium. Um. But I would definitely like look into it if you guys have any like tasks that you think like a VA could do we might have to talk um, about that that's a good price <laughs> yeah so with that said like i'm single i don't have kids i am living in a one bedroom like like newman has a point i should not need to hire a bunch of people like what i need to do is i need to stop online shopping because like 90 percent of that stuff gets returned anyway so if i can just like x that out i, I could probably just like when it comes to tasks and things like that are you lazy um, I'm less lazy now. This yeah. is my year of getting it together. Like I'm 25. It's time to stop like fucking around. Can I cuss? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, great, go perfect. For it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what about you guys? Are you guys lazy? You can't be, uh, right? Well, no. I'm I'm not late. Okay, how about this? No, not lazy when it comes to business or something I love or something I want to do or something uh-huh. I'm uh, grinding. Right. When it comes to like when I saw your post and it comes to picking up a lot, like if I, I don't do this, but if like it came to like picking up like your dry cleaning, yeah. if it came to whatever, so lazy. It's I don't tedious. want any part of that shit. And a matter of fact, in that book I wrote, there's some success principles and I think successful people that spend all day doing minutia type shit are wasting the day for creating and doing things that actually bring revenue. So what I say is let the, let the clothes pile up, go make a bunch of money, grind, and then have somebody else do it. I both agree with you. And I will add one more thing to that, which is like, sometimes there is joy to be found in like tedious tasks. For instance, like one of the household chores I like is like, I like putting on some music and doing my dishes. Like I enjoy doing laundry. Um, so I like actually take, I I took that away from myself when I outsourced all of it. Also, I feel so, I, I feel absurdly lazy when I am just hanging out on my couch and someone else is tidying up and like cleaning. Like that feels Kind of That's like the nut low when you like hire a housekeeper to come in and do the deep cleaning <laughs> tasks for you, but you don't really have anything to do that day. So you're yeah. like, oh my God, I totally know I'll what you mean. I'll sit here. I'll hang out. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> prone to laziness. My sun sign is Taurus. So I definitely like to be like a homebody mm-hmm. and lay mm-hmm. around and yeah. I got to stay on myself to 
get the chores done. <laughs> yeah, and, but there are things that I do like that are in that lane, which is like, I like to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I love going down every lane, <laughs> not just because I'm a, a big eater, but I really, and I love to cook. So okay. I like to do that. But mm-hmm. what I don't want to do is take the trash out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I'm, you see me doing this today, I'm doing some like manual labor today out there working in the yeah. shed and doing some things. So, yeah. uh, but something I had to do, but yeah, I, uh, I just think that someone else like make enough money to have someone else do that and just keep spending your time doing things that are and it doesn't have to be for for me it always was making money and creating in businesses and stuff but Mm -hmm. even like this I don't make anything doing this it's a passion project right and so I put a lot of time into it because I like it wait so this isn't how you've made your money the Nick Uh, Ritucci yeah in the last four months that I've been doing this (laughs) has not been what's catapulted me into retirement no Uh, that's weird not at all yeah no it's crazy but you would have guessed yeah I don't know I had to steal these and so you know we're just gonna see what we can do they fell off a back of a truck what That's are you right. talking about hey, it's not gonna stealing. do i know a guy <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah what else come on caitlin get, yeah hit, hit her with some so, like hit her right between the eyes with some good shit oh lord <laughs> well one thing i wanted to talk about was as you know you move up in stakes the losses become a lot bigger and it doesn't really matter how much money you have like losing 50k 100k like that's it's like a car that's like a home how do you deal with the emotional impact of these huge losses when you're playing that high of stakes so what i will say is like i I do think it matters how much money you have and i think for me i almost always viewed things as a percentage of my net worth Mm -hmm. and i also viewed things as a function of like like well how risk on can i afford to be and i can be afford to be very risk on when as like when i'm young and Mm -hmm. my rent was 700 dollars up until like mid 2020 or something so i just had no costs like Mm -hmm. that's great I felt like I could gamble as hard whether I had 10k or 100k or a million. It just didn't didn't really matter to me. Um, but I will also say like I certainly took like the losses hard. I think what helped at the time was I had a do or die mentality. Like I told my parents I'm going to do this and um, and I have a whole lot of pride and there was no world where I was going to come crawling back being like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to go back to school. Can you guys keep supporting me?" Um, so I think knowing that like I just had to like make it work. Um, I, I probably like shot to quarter 50 like a half dozen times before I actually like didn't immediately get my face kicked in to the point where I had to immediately drop back down. Um, so someone, Garrett, said on a Joey podcast that I actually really liked about how like you just like really have to like take care of yourself like right after a big loss. That is not something I've done until more recently. My old self-care routine especially after a big loss would be i'd get home feel really miserable immediately try to go to sleep because you don't feel as much when you're asleep um wake up order kfc try to go back to sleep and then maybe after like 24 to 48 hours i'd like try to find the next game that i could play so i can start making it back Mm -hmm. and garrett's advice was what was maybe go work out meditate what like do it was specifically do like one thing like that's just like good for you like think about like how can i treat myself well and what that like Mm. includes Mm. Um, and, and I think that's like excellent advice for some reason. I've just never, I've ne- never thought about like treating myself as like, 
I should treat myself as like someone you love, Mm -hmm. you know? Are you guys going to like be your best friend? Yeah. No, this is actually something that I discussed when I was um, on the Solve for Why podcast Uh with the guys because those guys are so punishing to each other. And when they lose, you know, they're like, they want to punish themselves with a workout or punish themselves with starving themselves Uh and not eating. And I was like, I come from the complete opposite school of thought. I feel like I deserve more attention and self-care and love like you do when I'm losing. That's Because it's like I showed up, I went to work, I put myself out there, I did the work, like... I deserve as much care as when I win. And conversely, on the days when you win, it's almost like no big deal because that's my job. I went, I executed on to the next and like Uh not over celebrating or over mourning a loss. I love that. Mm -hmm. Nick, what about you? Like you're a very successful businessman. Are we talking poker variants or? Both. Yeah. Like how, how are you about taking losses or? Sure. Yeah. Well, I've had both. So that's, that's a good question. Um, I just now in the last I would say few months, maybe six months max, have really embraced variance to the point to where it doesn't, like I'll tell you this, I played last week and I didn't feel well on Wednesday when I played. <clears throat> I think I'm still fighting something. And uh, and I played horribly. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking the worst I've played in a long time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't focus. I had a bad headache right like in my eye. I was just, I shouldn't have been there. And <clears throat> But I made so many bad choices that when I left, I felt that old feeling I felt when I only lost like 23K, but I felt that that same feeling I felt when I couldn't handle variance, which is just disgusted mm-hmm. with myself, yeah. uh, low. But <clears throat> prior to that, I had been really studying hard and working at not only the fundamentals, but also the variance in it. And I was really crossing over into a point to where I could get stuck amounts that before I'd be, it, it, they weren't, they didn't affect me net worth wise, but I'm right. so competitive that I they know. just tilted the shit out of me, right? I like to win. And now I'm, I'm embracing it. <clears throat> but what I do, is I can't like go and sleep and do those things. They make me feel worse. Mm -hmm. So I have to, if I am working out, I got to work out. I got to do this. I have to accomplish a bunch of things that day in business to offset for me the negative part or else I get worse. Um, And then in business over the years, I've had huge trajectory success and I've had a couple businesses that I lost. And, you know, at one point I wrote in the book when I first started my tech business, I lost a uh, millions of dollars. I went millions of dollars in debt as well. And it was probably one of the lowest points of my life. So I've worked very hard when that happened, not only climbing out of it, but working on the mindset aspect of staying healthy during adversity. And I struggle with it because like when something goes right, I'm more have a propensity to be negative than positive. So I have to work the mindset stuff to stay in a right place. It doesn't come naturally to me. What? So you said you've like faced some big losses in business, like, and you had to work at staying healthy. What was like the one part of your routine or the best tip that you could give someone? For my brain health. Is that what you mean? Because I'm talking about yes, my brain health. me too. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I had learned... Okay, let me just tell you a little story. Please. Okay, I love it. She, she, you asked earlier, can we? Can I ask you questions? And I said, I love that. Ask us both questions. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I had a tech business. I blew it up to about $40 million a year in, in revenue. I had 100 employees. I did it for close to 18 years by the time I walked away. And the dot-com crash, I started that business when I was like just turning 22. Mm-hmm. And the dot-com crash came, and I spent from 2000 to 2004 just getting slaughtered. 
losing everything I had and then taking good money and credit and putting it towards trying to save something that wasn't going to save. And I read a book. This wasn't the whole pivot point, but I read a book called Who Moved My Cheese? And that basically is like about two mice that go through this maze to where their cheese is. And when their pattern or whatever it is gets changed, they have to figure out a new way to find cheese. Mm -hmm. Don't keep going to the same place and starve. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And so... I finally walked away from that, but but to, to answer the question, I when I walked away from that, I went to a real estate class, training class that someone invited me to, and I'm gonna really fast forward this so it, I don't do all the talking here. I uh, um, And in this process, I spent thousands of dollars on credit, the last bit I had to learn how to do these things. But one of the things that happened to me when I was in these boot camps, there was somebody that was talking about cash flow properties and he was talking about, um, uh, a lot of stuff that was like resonating with me about success, mm -hmm. but about building passive income. So I approached him like one, and this was so naive of me because he had thousands of students coming through, but I'm like, I need you. I need you to spend time with me. I want mm -hmm. you to teach me. I want you to mentor me. And he was so nice. He's like, I can give you my email, but I can't. And then like I approached him again later that day and told him I'd give him like 10K and I didn't have it. Right. Right. I had to like I was borrowing to be there. Right. And and he's like, no. And I got to a point where I offered him thirty thousand dollars. Didn't know how I was going to get it. And finally, and I'm really fast forwarding this. Finally, he looked at me and goes, OK. And so I flew out all the way to Florida, broke millions of dollars in debt, two kids, one on the way, wow. contemplated just taking myself out of this, too, because I didn't know what I was K through 12 educated. I was fucked. And we got there and we started talking and, be, and, and, and as we were talking, he stops before he was going to show me any of the real estate stuff. And he said, Nick, I want to ask you a question. Uh, you wear this like failure on your sleeve. I've been for days and even now talking and everything is how bad it is, how bad it is, how broke you are, how fucked you are, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I get it. And I'm not undermining that. Like, I know this is real and I know how much pain you're in because I was really in a lot of emotional pain. He goes, but we got to work on some things first. And I want to ask you a couple questions. He goes, do you have any ailments that you're not going to live in the next like year or two? And I said, no, not that I know of. I'm healthy. You have family? Yes. You have people love you? Yes. And he went down this line. Uh, he goes, did you eat today? Yes. Are we going to be eating later? Yes. He goes, you are ahead of so many people on this planet, right? That I understand you're in pain, but until you change this and you take control of, you know, when I say strongest muscle, people say it's an organ. I get it. But I say strongest muscle is your mind, he told me. And until you get a hold of this and you can repattern this negative stuff that you now, because I was negative for years, like two or three years trying to save this business and going. So this is like became my identity is negativity. And he taught me how to pattern interrupt, which is to take this negative shit and replace it with positive. I had to work it every couple minutes to an hour yeah. because the fear that would come over me about what I was dealing with would come over by minute. And he would say, as soon as that happens, you got to repattern it with this or say this to yourself, say it out loud, think this, work these steps. And he taught me this and he said, and when you can accomplish this, I promise you, you could take what I'm going to show you here and you can find a way to be successful. But if you don't fix this, you're drawn dead right here. And I worked that so hard for a handful of years in conjunction with what I learned. And then I started building this um, 
foreclosure business that I had, uh, buying, rehabbing, renting, and literally worked my way out of millions of dollars of debt to the positive and then created a massive system. But I would have never, ever, I promise you, I would have never made it unless I learned those principles. It had nothing to do with only to do with the stuff he told me how to buy rehab. Anyone can learn those things. That's why like, you know, 10 people go to college or 10 people go to my real estate class. People bust my balls about it. But like only five are successful. Why? Because those five people take what they learned and they go out to do it and they put one step in front of the other. Right. And the other five don't. And then only one or two in the five are like massively successful because they made the choice to be that because usually not the smartest people in the room are the ones who are successful. I'm a K through 12 educated guy. I can't split the atom with you. I don't even know how to do algebra, but I figured out some businesses and some niches to do that. And it all came from reworking this. So I had to even remember that and work this in poker. Like when I'm going through variance, I, I, I'm retired. I have so much, I have enough money. I have family. I have this, I have friends. I'm healthy. Like I have all this stuff. I have this show and it just takes me to a place of like gratefulness. And then I'm able to push through to get back to where I need to be. Sorry about the long winded answer, but it's the only way I knew how to answer it. No, I love that. Okay. That's, Yeah, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I have a couple of thoughts. So first off, like one of the things that I don't do like very well with is when people have like victimhood mentalities. Um, like I, I have get, a chapter like, in there, victimhood mentality. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's, I understand like we've all been through things and like whatever you're going through, it can be like really, really hard. But I think it's just so important to like be willing to take ownership. Um, the thing is, I, sometimes for people I and I'll speak for myself like it hasn't been as easy as just like oh I'm just going to decide I'm going to do this like I think there's just been like a lot of like mental baggage and clutter um, and like maybe even like brain chemistry like things that were like I just don't have like enough dopamine or serotonin in my system to like actually be able to get up and do all the things that I want to do right um, but yeah I, I guess I really appreciate you sharing that story it, it reminds me of how I made my first million very quickly. I also lost my first million exceptionally quickly backing other people. Um, So this was my boyfriend at the time who I lived with, uh, one of my closest friends um, who I found out shortly into the backing deal that was just like both lying to me and my ex-boyfriend at the time who he had a conflicting backing deal with. Wild. Right, Um, right. And then a couple of other people. Uh, And I think I was probably losing like 200K a month or like something absurd. Felt like I was sending out a five or six wire out every single week. And I think a couple of good things came from it. I think one, instead of just being like, oh, wow, like I'm getting so unlucky. How is everyone losing? I got to take a step back and think about what have I done wrong? And I think I put them in games that were exceptionally hard to beat, if just Mm -hmm. like not beatable. Um, The second thing was it really helped me to zoom out, like you said, like, okay, all of these things are going wrong, but what's going right, right? And at the time, like, I was still living in, like, a Malibu beach house. Um, I was still getting to see a bunch of sunsets. I was healthy. No physical ailments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had friends and family that loved <coughs> Like, if anything, like, I actually had... Uh, I had some friends that I weren't all that close with that, like, were super successful. And, like, they basically staged an intervention where it's like, Lynn, you have to stop doing this. This is not working out. Um, so when you were talking about like, Oh, like who moved my cheese? Like this kind of reminds me of that. Like I I can't just like send good money after bad for forever. No, no. Um, Yeah, you can't. And, and, and it's a huge, that book was so pivotal, pivotal, 
pivotal pivotal in my life uh because of just this just that basic premise it's like nick stop pouring all this money and now credit into something that's just not working yeah yeah what's that quote it's like the definition of insanity is trying Mm -hmm. the same thing over and over again expecting different results yeah and and it's and it's the truth and the reason i put the victimhood in there too is just to your point it's like you know i mean this guy his name was chris and I tell you this, his exact quote to me was after he went through this whole list, mm-hmm. he goes, and he like finally got to everything. I'm like, yes, yes, I have family, people love me, da da. Mm-hmm. He goes, and fucking shame on you. Like literally, and wow. I'm thinking, wait, I just fucking borrowed 30,000 and scrounged to get here for you to insult me? Like at first, I was like, really, I was like taken back. Mm-hmm. But when it hit me that, oh my God, like this guy just read my shit and he's right, mm-hmm. it changed something for me. Now, it's not people it's not as easy as that like this was a long grind and there was a lot of pain and you know yeah. uh and emotional stuff to it yeah. but it's like every day you wake up you are going to make a, a bunch of choices and do a bunch of actions those choices and actions i swear to you will be your tomorrow mm-hmm. no matter what they are if they're fucking you're smoking weed you're mm-hmm. laying around you're eating fucking cheese i eat cheeseburgers but you're eating too many of them <laughs> and whatever and you're not grinding you're going to be broke fat and fucked up but if you get out there and you put that foot in front of the next one and you go do whatever you're doing and you grind and you make sure you accomplish whatever it is that day and you have you know whatever then eventually because there's this thing where it's like if you to create momentum you have to take an action Mm -hmm. and you take an action and then you get a result and when you get that result you get you, you, it, it affects you positively and then you take another action you get another result and you create something called momentum absolutely yeah yeah, um, it's just like how, like, I think, uh, once again, we'll speak for myself. I think I oftentimes relied on motivation to act. And like you just said, like, you can actually start with the action. You don't have to start with the motivation. And when you get a positive result, that can then lead back to the motivation. Um, one more thing, which I, I was looking listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast, and he's talking about how if you want to, like, make a habit stick or if you want to make it easier, try to find ways to make it more obvious, easier, more attractive. And there's one more that I'm not remembering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for instance, like, my supplements now are right by my bed. Like, I... Sure. I've I have a pull up bar like hanging where like every single time I walk past it I just like try to do a pull up. Yeah, you're creating a system. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't just have to be like oh like grit your teeth and like work as hard as you can. There's also like intelligent way to think through things. But no, like right. You said, Some people honestly, if you create systems and you work, I, this is another thing. It's in there. If you work smart, yeah, you don't have to work. Uh, you you know I always said this. I'll work eighty hours a week not to work forty. Right. <laughs> Tell so, me more about that. Yeah. Well, meaning I'll I'll work eighty hours a week not to go work a forty hour week grind to get a paycheck because I'm doing it for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, when you create something and you create systems around it, you don't have to work twenty four hours at twenty three hours a day mm-hmm. because you're working smart. Doesn't mean you there's not some days you have to put in that time and that effort. You have to do it. But um, no, it's 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 about creating revenue and that's why the minutia shit like picking up this picking up that cleaning that do this wash your car like that's all fine and dandy but if you spend all your day doing tasks and minutia shit you're not going to find success Mm -hmm. so you have to let some of those go (laughs) you just do and you got to do the things that create revenue create you know momentum yeah um i will say i i really appreciate you sharing that story because outside looking in and we've been friends for a while like it's like this is like macho nick who has his like shit together and like maybe he has like I didn't know if you had a big ego, but like, I think that was 
potentially my first impression. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty polarizing with that. People think I'm a dick. So I, I definitely didn't mind it because to me it felt like you had earned it. But I also like I didn't know exactly how hard and like mm-hmm. how hard fought kind of your journey to like where you are now is. Yeah. So that was yeah. amazing. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. No, I, it's my pleasure. And it's actually funny because it's one of my passions. I like talking about that more than anything because um, on my, I did some, I did some podcasts. If you go to my channel where it was like, your mind is your strongest muscle. And then there was another one, uh, life is a game of inches. Mm-hmm. Those are chapters in there, but I did those on my channel because that's actually where my, and then what happened September 29th happened, the Jack four thing. And I stopped making them because then I went into like a shit show, but that's really where my, my heart is because when I was teaching people to be successful in teaching them real estate, what I would tell them is this. I would incorporate this mindset stuff in it, but I told them this, and you said it. You can't take mindset and all the mindset principles and all this rah-rah shit and just make that like what you do. Because at the end of the day, when you're not taking the actions, you're not putting the work in, you are going to get disappointed in the motivational stuff and you're going to lose interest in it. So I told them, I said, look, I'm going to teach you in the next four days all this stuff that I want you to know what the success principles are to successful people. Then I'm going to give you for the next four days all of the formulas to flip houses, do this, invest in real estate, whatever. But if you don't go out and you don't go do it and take these steps, I don't give a shit how good the training is, how bad it is, whatever, you're not gonna be successful. And here's the hard truth. More than half of you won't do anything. I used to say that right from stage. More than half of you will go home, you'll love this training, you won't do anything. Because that's what the nature of most people are. But those of you that do, and those of you that don't give up, and you take a no, you take a hit, you take a loss, you take some you know, shit, some negative stuff, but you keep going and you keep going, you will find success. And, and so I believe in that. So I love talking about it because that's the secret to success. Um, I know some really smart people. I mean, they could go on Jeopardy and probably win every week. They're so intelligent, but they don't, some of them don't turn it into dollars. So just having a high uh, aptitude isn't going to get you success. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think I learned that the hard way as well, where growing up, like, I got good grades when I was good at, like, academic competitions because I was smart, but it got to a point, and it definitely got to a point in poker where I wasn't going to get much further just, like, by being smart. Like, I actually had to put in some work somehow, um, right. and I'm very grateful to have, like, to just have have had so many like smart successful people around me because they made it so much easier like if anything i'll admit this like i probably got fed like a ton of like good strategy and whatever just like hand to mouth well your Um, network is your net worth yeah like who you surround yourself with and 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 learn from yeah absolutely um i guess i want to now like turn the question a little bit to you caitlin like what was your i love that lynn comes on (laughs) because she's you know if everyone you don't know it real quick if you don't know it, Lynn just started a podcast. Mm-hmm. Really I want good. you to give them the information so you get some traction on Thank it more, you, you know, because I know you're doing really well. But this is fucking awesome. <laughs> you came onto the podcast and you are fucking interviewing Caitlin and I. Yeah, but let's keep that up. I can put my this notes is, away. This is fun. <laughs> so, so Lynn, please, what questions do you have for Caitlin? Well, Caitlin seems like you seem like you handle setbacks so well. So, so my question is, what is your biggest setback and how did you recover from that? Um, my biggest setback. So I actually talked about this on Nick's podcast, but, um, 
in 2017, I broke up with my fiance like six months before my wedding oh. and I had like a nervous breakdown and it completely like derailed my life and I thought it was all over for me and I uh, was in and out of treatment for a really long time and uh, had a lot of like mental health struggles and it was actually poker that saved me because I was uh, back home in Texas to try to be around my family and just like going to the same club every day and seeing the same people and just slowly over time, it wasn't like a, a switch happened where all of a sudden I'm happy and I feel healthy again it was more like oh slowly over time I'm starting to notice I have more friends than I've ever had I'm making more money than I ever have and um, just being open to that and staying on the path and not giving up for sure that's amazing um, what if you if you could name like one or two traits what do you think like led you to your success in poker um, I still have a long way to go to consider myself successful in poker, I think. Um, I think I've had some good traction on the content side of things, and I've binked a couple of tournament events, but my lifetime earnings are nothing to you know, brag home about. But I think a huge translation between my old entertainment career and my current poker career is not being afraid of failure and not being afraid to fall on my face, embarrass myself, lose 20K in Max Payne Monday or whatever stream and show up the next day with my head held high and trying again. So it was, and I think it was Juan that said on your podcast that like resilience was the number one quality that helped her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, resilience and great are key because like, I, I just think about how many times it took for me to move up to quarter 50 like mm-hmm. if I quit any of those times I wouldn't be here now <laughs> yeah. um so yeah that's that's really impressive and this is definitely something I want to talk to you like more potentially like off camera as well yeah, yeah. um because I don't want to just monopolize this but it seems like just like your self-care routines and everything you do for your mental health it mm-hmm. seems like that makes it a lot easier for you to then show up the next day oh 100 percent. and yeah. it like I was I got a little snippy in a poker coaching session and um he had to come down on me the next day and I realized oh I haven't been because of the holidays and all this traveling I haven't really been very disciplined about uh my physical exercise I haven't been disciplined about my meditation and that's why I'm not showing up as my best self mm-hmm. so then I you know got back on my routine and yeah. I was able to show up in a way that I was proud of of and rather than yeah. you know get snippy or immature or emotional okay. and mood swings and things like that like you have for me I know like I, I I need exercise physical exercise several days a week or I'm gonna be a little bit of a brat me too <laughs> a little giant brat <laughs> <laughs> I am much nicer to be around if I am going to the gym mm-hmm. because when I'm not going to the gym like I need to feel like I'm accomplishing things to feel good about myself if I don't feel good about myself that insecurity shows mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm just not as like warm and friendly and sociable yeah absolutely so one thing I've been dying to ask you about is you're the queen of prop bets you (laughs) love a good prop bet just a few that I've been privy to as your follower you did a fat loss bet where you started at 145 57 and still found a way to take off seven percent body fat to win the bet that's so friggin lean oh my god you one time she got someone dared her to do a marathon next day no training (laughs) Mama got it done. And then uh, most recently, you did a 200 NL ACR challenge, which that's probably the hardest pool on the planet. <laughs> it's like bot ridden and European yeah. ridden. Tell us about your prop bets and yeah. what gets you excited about them. So I guess I'll hit them one by one. First mm-hmm. off, the fat loss bet. I, I was really lucky there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because the only reason it came up was because this guy I'd really liked like suggested it and he kept suggesting it and I'm like well I like hanging out with you um so this is something that I need to do to spend more time with you like fuck it like Mm -hmm. this is good for me anyways what was Um, the plus EV about this guy was it he was teaching you poker he was giving you opportunity or you were sleeping with him I was definitely sleeping with him um I have not like so my very like first boyfriend poker or whatever second one actually um he was really helpful like poker wise I've never like shown up to a relationship thinking like oh like I'm going to date this person to get better at poker um coaching is pretty easily accessible um with I don't sleep with my coach either he's handsome (laughs) but not yet I've tried in my life not yet I will I will I will if you could get me a discount well let me get to work we'll we'll share the percentage No, um, so I think just with him, it was really easy to create good routines. That was like super duper important. Um, the other thing I will say is if you are someone who is like genuinely overweight, um, and honestly, even if you're not like two really good drugs to look, look into are semaglutide, um, also known as like Wagovi and Ozempic. Those are the brand names. Um, it's supposed to be like genuinely a miracle drug. It seems like they've done enough testing to find out that we talked about this yeah. uh, yesterday but go ahead oh you guys really yeah oh, okay yeah one of our i've, got, I've looked very to... deeply into ozempic and the <laughs> fad of ozempic but, but no sure. continue well so that was huge what was the me. second one um the second one is metformin but and you can use those two in combination metformin's supposed to be pretty good and just like in terms of regulating your insulin levels as you guys yeah, know it's pre-diabetic medication yes um but like i think if you're like fairly thin already please don't use this. But otherwise, it just seems like there's not really like many harms or negative side effects that come with it. It's like, it just seems to all around be good for you. Um, unfortunately, it's not particularly affordable. So that's potentially like something to keep. Legal disclaimer, the Nick Fertucci show does <laughs> not support, recommend, or condone any medical advice. But go on, Lynn. <laughs> yeah, so that helped a ton. Like, my mm-hmm. problem wasn't ever, like, getting to the gym and working out. Like, I mm-hmm. love that. My problem is not eating, like, not stuffing my face for hours on end. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been infamous. Like, you can give me an any size bag of chips and it will be done that day. Like, 100% of the time. Um, so that just made it, like, where I could only eat, like, 500 calorie meals. It Like, I just felt so, like, uncomfortable when I ate too much and I'm exaggerating a little bit like the pain was probably like a five on a scale zero to ten for a couple hours but just like like sort of made your hunger fullness cues more are you talking about the pain after you took the medication it's only if I ate too much yeah well what I what I read on it is that and tell me if this is true it makes you nauseous is that true you didn't get that some people get some pain in your stomach some I don't think those side effects are actually as common as people think what is what was your side especially effects? if you scale up what was i your... really didn't have many side effects um i spent maybe a little bit more time on the toilet but it really is a little bit yeah um and it's only if i ate too much if i was not mindful about what i was putting yeah, in my yeah. body that's when i got the but it just suppress your pain. appetite it does suppress your appetite and like but you need to listen to what your body is telling you like if you start taking this and you eat the exact same way you did before which is like the reason you gain weight to begin with like yes you are going to feel fairly uncomfortable on the medication okay got it just like but you're supposed to change how you eat yes that's part of it yes and let it change how you eat yeah i see Um, i see not a doctor, not professional yeah. medical advice. Uh, but that, so that helps. All you got to do is time. say, in my opinion. 
right. then you're covered. <laughs> you're not then you're not defaming, slandering, or having liability. Yeah. In your opinion. Um, yeah. So yeah. so that was great. Uh, the marathon thing, like. First off, it was supposed to be 24 miles, but just to like really rub it in, I felt great at the 24 mile mark. So it's like, let's add 2.2 on and just like really have them feel the pain. <laughs> like this is what you get for betting against me. Um, I had eight hours to do it. So kind of like what we've been talking about this entire time, as long as you don't give up, like you can walk 24 miles in eight hours. I think other people thought I was going to get like stitches or like I would have lactic acid like build up, but you don't get that when you're walking. Like if I was, so you walked the majority of the time for that. Bet? Um, I walked right around half. Okay. Uh, if like, if you're running it, even if they made me run at five miles an hour, I don't think I would have made it to mile five, mm. but I, I kind of knew it was just like the long game. Um, yeah. So that wasn't that bad. Uh, shout out to a couple of people, Dan Colpoise for getting me on a track. I think it would have like hurt a lot more in terms of my joints and everything if I did it on concrete mm. instead of a track. Um, and then a friend of mine, Michael, he like just gave me a ton of advice beforehand in terms of like, hey, like get icy hot, make sure you have like anti-chafing gel, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the ACR prop bet though, okay. just so you guys know, I made a 20K bet on it. I lost 30 buy-ins in the first half of the challenge, paid out the 20K without continuing it. So... Maybe I'm not doing so hot on all the prop bets, but that's okay. I don't know. I mean, like, that that one's a high bar, though. Beating that 200 on ACR. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was incredibly ambitious. And I figured I would just start off and, like, hope that I was just, like, winning already. And the background, the context is that two years ago, I had, like, a 20K sample where I was beating ACR 200Z for a chunk. This was probably also the time when everyone was getting their stimulus checks and everything. So games are probably a lot softer than they are now. Um, I also probably ran hot. Did not realize that. And then by the time I was stuck 30 buy-ins over 20K hands, that was when I was just like, well, I can lose another 6K and then pay out the 20. Or I could pocket the 6K, mm-hmm. potentially go shopping or on a trip and pay out the 20. You love to shop and travel. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched you over the years on your social media. You love both of those things. I love traveling more than I love shopping. I actually think, just to be like very candid, I think for a while there, I bought into a lifestyle because I, I because I identified my friend group as a bunch of like high stakes poker players, and they live this lifestyle. So it was like, oh, I have to do it too. So rather than letting like my actions and who I am dictate my identity, I identified as something and I allowed my identity to dictate my actions. Um, I think that was actually a pretty big mistake. And I'm working on reworking, I guess. That's good. Hey, it's all, it's all a process. Yeah. We figure shit out as we go. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if someone interviewed you today and they interview Mm -hmm. you five years from now, it's a totally different person. That's just how that goes. You know, I'm really grateful for like you saying that and then just everyone around me who just like allows me to change. Yeah. Yeah. You might have an opinion on something today and it won't be your opinion, you know, down the road or your trajectory or what your goals are like those change through your whole life. And that's what people have to understand. Like even some people in life, like they make whoever doesn't think this is just an idiot, but people make mistakes. They make bad choices. (laughs) They do things they shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And some people learn from them and and change it and become different and better and some don't and they go farther down the the hole there but um yeah no you'll 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 see that as you go i know because i'm fucking old so i know how it goes (laughs) 
you, you're going to figure it out. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a question for both of you guys, and I'm putting you guys on the spot. What's something that you guys have changed your mind on, whether it be recently or something right. from like a few years ago to now? Well, we were talking about this at lunch right before, but <laughs> I grew up like super conservative politically, and I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh and uh, Mark Levin and read all their books every day and was very much beating that drum. And after I went to college and I got to have like a more diverse uh, group of friends and be around people that weren't like-minded, I definitely softened on social issues such as being pro-life and uh, being anti-gay marriage. I am definitely now believe in a woman's right to choose and... Uh, love for all yeah what about you Nick? so some things that have changed with me over the years were or uh, I could tell you um, uh, if you guys knew me 20 years ago like okay so right now I seem pretty pretty polarizing and um, I know you, you know when you get to know me you, you get to know the soft side you get to know who I really am mm -hmm. but but there is a very alpha whatever side and if you go 20 years ago and you think I'm a dick now <laughs> I was the biggest dick you ever could meet so and what I mean by that is it wasn't that I was a dick I was still the same person I still had the same heart but I was so hard-lined with what I thought mm -hmm. and how I saw it and I didn't have any tolerance for anyone else's thoughts or views because I didn't understand how they could possibly think that <laughs> and 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 over the years what I've learned is is that there are a lot of different views and I may not agree with them. And we talked about this over lunch too. And it's like, you could be the polar opposite of me in religion, in your, in your ideologies, in everything you think, in even certain policies. And I could be in the room with you now and I could like you maybe as much or more as somebody who has the same ideologies and thoughts of me, depending on who you are as a person. And I'm very comfortable with the fact that if you don't think like me, that's fine. And, but I'm going to, be who I am. Just like on our podcast the other day, you asked me a tough question about my faith and I just answered it. I'm not going to, you know, water it down. So that's, I, I think that's, um, one thing, some things that have changed over time is, is I was very polarized in, you know, my politics, Republican, this, da, da, da. I'm not like that anymore. I now know, uh, that I got duped and I drank the Kool-Aid by a lot of stuff in our government. And I was very like supportive of anything that a particular Republican or someone would think. Now I know that most of that party are a bunch of sold out rhinos. And I know that we went to wars that we shouldn't have went, which I supported because I thought it was the right thing to do. And I believed the propaganda. And so a lot of things have changed with me, but I'm a lot, I feel I'm a lot smarter and I don't believe everything I hear now just because it aligns with my ideology. That's amazing. Uh, I find that most people tend to get more rigid as they get older. So it's very cool that you've done the opposite. Uh, and my question for you is how? How did that change? I don't know. I, I think just, you know, well, the, the last part was just being more educated on how the world really works, who controls it, how the money works, why everybody is sold out and bought out and why we went to wars. Like I really went and, I, and I'm very versed in a lot of that. So instead of just believing the propaganda that's put out by our media, which by the way, our media, I don't care if they're right, left or indifferent, of course they lean left, but you know, back in the 50s, there was something called Project Mockingbird. And that was by our, this might even get cut, this was by our C, the CIA who made a conscious effort to take over the media and to 
slow bake us into what they wanted our society to think, believe, and how they wanted us to act. And so the media is not real and it's not fair and balanced or unbiased. It is definitely a narrative that, that they want us to believe. And so now that I know that, I figure things out differently and I know what the truth is and I could see the truth now before. So that's just like me putting in the work. As far as the other part, I think it's just maturity. I think it just came with like, you know, I still got a ton of testosterone running through me, believe it or not, whether I got it injected or not. Uh, <laughs> Whatever but, it takes. But I had so much back then that I just could only see it my way, and I was so hard-charged. And it was part of my success. I mean, that's one of the reasons I was successful is because I was so hard-charged. But it just, over time, I just realized, like, I like, I could sit in a room with someone that believes in pro-choice, uh, gay marriage, uh, this, that, the other, and I fucking like you. Yeah. And then there's a person that believes in, you know, they're a Trump supporter because I am. People think I'm fucking out of my mind, but I am. I lean into what I believe. And they could be this or they can believe my politics. They can believe my religion. And I don't like you. Like, you're just not a good person. <laughs> so over time, it's just I've matured into like, I judge the person. I respect their ideologies. Um, and what, what, I, what I don't like is when I'm with someone that has the complete polar opposite to me because this used to be me, so when I see it, it just makes me sick, is when they attack you, when they attack me for what I believe, when they call you a, you know, a racist because you support this person or they call you this. That is the type of thinking that I was years and years and years ago in my ideology, and now I just think you're an idiot because it's, <laughs> it's, it's closed mind. It's just, it's not, it's not true, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So one thing that um, you publicly took a little bit of heat for about six months ago, um, and that so I think glad you, you're asking. You I've been dying to ask this one. And you walked your comments back a little bit, and it sounds like your thoughts changed on it. I wanted to ask you about that Twitter thread where you uh, said that like cheating was okay. If oh, you're that was what I was okay. thinking. I was going to talk about her nudes. Wow. Yeah, we'll oh, do that we can next. talk about. That. Well, let's talk about both um, while we're here. For sure. Do hers uh, first. Let me. I'll ask so, the next one. Yeah, I, I really was not trying to say like cheating is okay. okay. I was just trying to see uh, say that I could see where they were coming from. Okay. Like if. Poker sites, uh, actually, I'll, I'll say this for pretty much any system. If any mm -hmm. system has rules that are unenforceable, like, what is the point of these rules? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I'll also say this, like, if there's, like, Russian bots or, like, Eastern European groups that have, like, cheating rings where they're, like, colluding or doing God knows what, like, mm -hmm. why? I don't I don't play in these pools so I'm probably missing something big maybe okay. I'm being fairly naive but then like to like know Americans that are doing it would not like it wouldn't be like oh like yeah we can't ever talk or we can't be friends because of like your business ethics around this thing where other people have pretty great bus business ethics anyways mm -hmm. like if everyone's taking steroids go take your steroids dude like yeah. I don't know <laughs> like so do you feel like mis that your comments were misconstrued or misunderstood at the time and that's why you took them down? Maybe they were like misconstrued or misunderstood. Maybe I also just miscommunicated them. Okay. Um, also, I think I was just like on one that day. I think I was like itching <laughs> to pick a fight with anyone. So I decided like Twitter, here we go. That's like, it. That happens. <laughs> that could be, it doesn't have to be five years. It could be uh, five days where you're like, I just don't feel like I feel when I put that up. I'm taking it down. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. um, I, I actually... Because of how often I change my mind, but also because I don't really see why anything needs to be on the internet for forever, mm -hmm. um, especially when it's not like written for like with that idea in mind. Like for mm -hmm. instance, like 
blog posts are different. I like to just like regularly delete my tweets every so often. Oh, okay. Do you yeah. do you use like a third party service or is yeah. it more just like I use tweet so it's on like a time. Yeah. So tweet delete mm-hmm. is is super fast. You log in, you hook it up to your Twitter, you just log into your Twitter. Um, and then within sixty seconds, I all wish your I would have known them are deleted. Fucking three months ago. But the service <laughs> I need was as soon as I typed it out, they should have fucking deleted it <laughs> right then so I didn't put it up. It's a different service. Shit, I need that service. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so another conversation that Nick and I were having um, that has to do with nudes is, um, and first of all, I post myself in my underwear on the internet on my private channels and stuff. So this is not this is just a conversation we were having. But um, there's a lot of like blowback from women that don't like, you know, the Nipplegate controversy. That don't like you saying, "Oh, can we swap uh, percentages for nudes or whatever?" Women. They feel like it. <laughs> They feel like it's lowering the bar for women in poker and it sets us back and that it's degrading. How do you respond to that criticism? And Fuck them. No, I mean, uh, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I already know what you think. Assholes. Go ahead. Digging a little deeper, I think they're probably onto something. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I'll admit to is I think I've, like when I was younger, I tried to leverage my sexuality to get to places instead of like having it be on the basis of like intelligence or work ethic or my personality. Um, I think that's something that I've actually like really that's changed my mind about in the last like six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was actually like putting up a couple of nudes that that helped me realize that was just like, oh, like I actually don't want this to be on the forefront of everyone's minds. And like mm-hmm. maybe like I can have like a good body, but I can keep it closed. So you mean after you posted them, you took them down eventually? I did. Yeah. And I you took, took them down, down because you just had a second thought like that. Like, man, I don't think this is where I want to lean into. So one like pretty successful businessman in particular in the poker space was just like, hey, Lynn, just so you know, like when you do this, like you're welcome to express yourself however you want. Mm-hmm. But first off this will be at the forefront of people's minds. Secondly, this is going to make it harder for a lot of brands to work with you. So like, mm. do you want to pigeon your, your whole yeah. yourself in that way? Did he say that to you I, publicly on the thread or no, privately? No. He said it to me. Okay. And I think that's a shame personally, because it is how business works, meaning like a brand won't touch that or whatever, mm-hmm. but that is how it works. And you know, um, but I, I'm probably going to take a lot of heat for this, but let's talk about how could you look naked? Oh my <laughs> God. Let's just touch on that for no pun for a minute. I really like, appreciate that. Shit. Thank you so much. Yeah. So that was like right after my fat loss, but I think I'd gained a few pounds back. Um, uh, but I was definitely not going to post a picture of myself naked that I did not like. So of course, that's who for would? sure. Yeah, no, nobody does that. We wouldn't expect you to. Yeah. You put, you put the nuts up. Um, with that said, though, like also like I think what Sushimi did, for instance, is ingenious. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I think it sets women back. Like I think in a perfect world, she would be able to do that. And it wouldn't like uh, also why does what one woman do like reflect on all of us? Mm-hmm. That's the part that I really can't get around. It's just like, holy crap. Like, oh, like because Sashimi did this, now I'm going to make degrading comments to like Marley and like like Ashley and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that's how life works. Like, I have a question too. And this is a legit question. Yeah. And people would say, oh, you're stupid for not knowing. Uh-huh. What's the difference between women liberation and feminism? Do we know? Oh, I have no clue. I, well, the reason yeah. I say is because isn't... <laughs> Isn't liberating what like a woman should be able to do what she wants, right? Like if she wants to post that or, or do that or do that skit, 
And at the same time, there's a lot of people in the, I think, in the feminist group that some would say, oh, go girl, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a feminist, so I don't know. And then a lot would say, oh, you're putting us back, and this is da-da-da, and you're putting this out there, and you're making us whatever. I just think everyone's all over the map, even in their own groups. Right, but also, like, kind of like we've talked about, people are just going to be different. Um, yeah. But you are right. I think with a lot of these movements and whatnot, there isn't, like... Uh, I don't think there is like a super cohesive like ideology or mission statement or set of values. Um, but also let's quickly change the topic before I say something that's like cancelable because okay. I just don't know nearly enough about it's like, very complicated. This part of it is it is that's a really tough subject yeah. because it's so volatile, it's so touchy. And there's kind of like a middle ground on so much of it. And mm -hmm. it's so polarizing to people that, like you said, if you just say the wrong thing, mm -hmm. you're dead. Like, those groups come after you. I mean, they just come after you, you know? Yeah, like, oh, that's another whole rant I could go on. It's just, like, people on Twitter are so inflammatory sometimes. Like, you do one thing they don't agree with, and now you're a terrible person? Like, in what world? Um, uh, that All of that has definitely made me, like, consider taking a little bit of a step back just yeah. like, mm -hmm. from social media and everything. Um, and especially when... I was I, I went off a couple of nights on the whole like Garrett and Robbie thing where mm -hmm. like I just I thought like assuming that she was cheating and also everyone was like a hundred percent this hundred percent that I thought that was like fairly that's, that's ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah like you guys clearly do not know what hundred percent means which like would be fine except you guys are all professional gamblers so like. I wanted so badly to just make a market on all of us and just make people bet. Like, okay, you say 100%, no problem. Like, I'll give you, like, uh, like or give me, I guess, 100 to 1 on yeah, this right. or something. Like, How confident are you? Yeah. But if you are a professional gambler and you cannot put, like, your money where your mouth is, I would suggest you revise what you are, like, putting out there publicly. People um, during that, since September 29th for 60 days, were out of their fucking minds. In my opinion, I think this thing went so far off the rails. I mean, yes, investigate it. Yes, be interested in it. Yes, discuss it. Yes, have your opinion. But everything went 10x to the just to the moon. And and I've said this a million times. So many people got hurt. There were so many reputations, ta reputations oh, tainted. It was a mudslinging party. Yeah, that's all it was. It was conspiracies wow. and this and accusations and. Like I said, and we've said it a million times, like you're innocent until you're proven guilty. I don't care if you're Robbie, if you're Billy who they attacked, they attacked me, they attacked our dealers. It's like you can't do that. As soon as you say that about that person, even if it's not true, and 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 some things can't be proven either way, but that that tag that you just put on that person will stay with them for the rest of their career, for the rest of their poker, that even if like whatever, you'll still have someone go, oh, that's the guy from Hustler that was putting his fingers here and doing signaling and doing this. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's not true, but that will be with me forever. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And some of it, it sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. Shout out to Robbie and how well it seemed like she handled it. Like it seemed like she, she just took natured. it stride. She did. I will say this, and I've said this before. I think Robbie figured out how to handle it, but her first two weeks, maybe in some change, were a train wreck. Okay. In my opinion, because her story, her narrative changed. Okay. Uh, and I've told her this. This is, she's coming on. This is, I, I, I have no bones with Robbie. Yeah. She literally was, and, and 
and I understand it because she was in an emotional state. She was being attacked by every person, every this, her DMs were nasty and she'd have a good day and go on and look really put together and say one thing. And then another day she'd be totally in a bad place and go on a show and totally look like a lunatic and change her story again. And we cleared that up in the podcast we did mm -hmm. with her that probably would be out before this one goes out. And so I don't blame her for that. Mm. But especially after that, after she got her bearings, she just leaned into it and she just realized this is what is happening to me. Let's, let's yeah. lean. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with, with, with that. <laughs> I just think, you know, at first she just didn't know how to handle it. Which, yeah. How could you? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I appreciate Especially context, if you are innocent. Yeah. Right. Like if you're guilty, you're just defensive or you could try this strategy or you could try it. Maybe she is. I don't know. But if you are innocent and maybe she is like, how do you handle that? That's yeah. a, a, that I mean, you're getting a, she got attacked a hundred, a thousand X what I did. And I can't even imagine if yeah. she was, if she's innocent having to handle that. Yeah. Um, I, I, something that surprises me a little bit that I really appreciate is that Nick is just like, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I, I guess from like a purely business interest, I, I could imagine myself in Nick's shoes, at least thinking like, Oh, like it's great. It's better for me if I just like, I'm like a hundred percent, no way she cheated, but I never uh, did that. Huh? I never did that. Yeah, I think that's great. I yeah, think, that, I, yeah, I think no. that's really impressive. I, I, I couldn't do it. I never did. I mm -hmm. never I never even gave my opinion. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm I'm a person. I have a brain. <laughs> I think things, yes, no. Right. I changed my mind a bunch of times. But I never did that because in fairness to Robbie and in fairness to Garrett, wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. I had to just do what we were supposed to do and stay neutral and try to keep the wheels on. Yeah. No, yeah. I think your messaging from the very beginning, I remember like your appearances on Joey's pod and stuff was very much like, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to find out. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try to find leave, out. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm going to try to find out. I'm yeah. not going to leave a stone unturned. I'm not going to, you know, sweep it under the rug. We're, we're going to figure yeah. it out. And that, that was apparent when, <clears throat> when the casino came to me, Doug Polk was in town. He was actually in the casino with us. He was doing something with us. And the GM came to me and said, got a minute. And he pulled me over. We were literally sitting on the stage talking with Doug. And he pulled me over. And he goes, uh, we got some news. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. What did you find? Because they were watching all the surveillance. I had them looking in the parking lot at 10 different people talking <laughs> like for two weeks before, after, like everywhere everyone went, yeah. who had a conversation in the oh, bar. Like, my we, goodness. People don't understand that. We did. Yeah. We researched everything. Okay. Yeah. And he came and he goes, um, yeah, the guy that works for you, the guy Brian, uh, he stole chips off Robbie's rack, like 15K. And I said, oh my God, no, yeah. please say, say yeah. something different to me. And I stood there for a minute after he told me and I walked back to the table with Doug Polk. Sitting there, okay? This is Doug Polk, who has a really big microphone. No pun, okay? It's only microphone. Wow. I don't know about that other shit. Woo! Right, he has a really big microphone. And uh, <laughs> I said, okay. Here's what I just, uh, Ryan was sitting there. And I and I just said it. And and I told, Bull, I told Ryan, I'm like, uh, we said, especially me, I said I was going to be transparent and candid about everything. This is going to, because the casino didn't have to put that out. That was their choice. Like he, they could have done this privately. We, you know, whatever. And I just said, no, it happened. I'm going to lean into it. I'm not going to hold this back and, and I'm going to keep my word. And we got slaughtered for that decision. We got no positive traction for being candid. We got all negative, but we chose to do that. And we did that the whole way. There is not an ounce of information we have that somebody doesn't know. Did you guys regret it at any point, putting that out there? I regretted it in theory because I, if I'm just being honest about my emotion, yeah, 
about a week after I did it or two weeks after I did it with all the negative pushback and all the new conspiracies and all the new accusations, if I'm being really just honest and not professional, I thought, fuck all you motherfuckers. You can't handle the truth. I fucking tell you the truth. I do what I said I was going to do. And now you're fucking hammering us, slaughtering us with all this other bullshit that ain't true even more because of this without appreciating. This is just my mindset. I'm not saying they needed to appreciate it, but without even appreciating the, the transparency. So I thought to myself, you know, fuck you. I wish I didn't put it out. But that's only in theory. In reality, I would not have changed it, even if I had to do it again, because when you hide something or you hold back or you admit omit, then you just look guilty. Yeah, yeah, it's that. And then something that I've learned is just like I am much more comfortable when I live like my life more transparently. Um, and that's just something that at this point in time I do for me. Um, but I, I have a lot of respect for how you guys handled that throughout. It's it's really, really impressive to me. Yeah, um, appreciate it. But it also sounds like it would have been like very hard to be you or Ryan or anyone else on the team for a while. It was hard for both of us. It was hard for yeah. Ryan too because he got accused for a lot of things on a lot of different forums. But because I was the one who went on Joey's, I had a little mm. blow up there when Alan Kessler was fucking hammering me. Uh, and I didn't even know he was going to be on the show. She loves that one because I just, I, I was so tired. I was cranky and I got fucking border. Uh, I got Alan who's on the spectrum pelting me. <laughs> Okay, with just one thing after another, and he kept Ooh. repeating himself, and there's music playing in the background, and I just like, fuck you, like I just lost it, you know? Um, I would too. Yeah, I yeah. just lost it, but me, you know, I, I took heat because how my personality is, and she did a great impression of me, oh, I'm Victor Tucci, I'll stick my boot in your ass, I'm gonna find out what, you know, but that's real, you know, but, <laughs> but I, uh, I literally, I said this before, literally for a couple months, I was really in a bad place. I was real. I really had to try to work my way out of it with the positive shit because, like, being your integrity being attacked, your business, what you love and care about being attacked, your friends and your employees who you care about being attacked, and then all this nonsense from people that have no business saying the things they're saying that were the out outrageous shit. Like, it's hard, man. It's hard to not feel hate. It's hard to not feel anger or want to fight. And so you have all this stuff and you're like, well, if I do that, it's not good. If I do it, it's bad. And so it was, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. I have a question. Well, speaking of, is it over or how is it? Are we still going to be talking about this in six months? Like, how, when, at so. what point do we put this to bed and move on and say we have all the answers that we maybe not that we want, but that we need to and continue are going on to get, with our lives like, and are going to get yeah. and are available to have? Unless Brian catapults down from <laughs> wherever the fuck he's hiding and says, I did it. Is he on the run? What? Yeah. Unless something like that happens. Is he actually? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's new information to me, too. I was like, he, what? He's on, he's on the lam. Okay, we may be talking he's about it a little lamb, longer. He's on the lam, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Unless something like that, you know, happens, then no, we're always going to be not no. And, and you're always going to have your own opinions. And I think we'll stop talking about it because really, at the end of December is when the final report came out, right? And we're only in, are we in January? We're in January. Yeah, January. Yeah. We're in January, so, and we're going to have, we had Robbie, I did the pod, we're going to have her on Tuesday. I think that's going to be the end. Now, that will kick up some dust. It won't be the end that day, that week. I know that. It's going to kick up some dust. And in, in a lot of people said, why would you do this? Because you're just, you're just, you're restarting the shit. Well, I just think that, her interview was worth it. She like really was candid about a lot of things you guys will be shocked about. And 
Uh, and then some dust will get kicked up and it'll die down again. And, you know, I might be somewhere and someone will go, hey, you got a minute? And we have the WSOP and they'll say, hey, what did you think about the, you know, so it may come up. But I think six months from now, it's going to be a nothing burger. It's already died down until I talk about it. I mean, I think it is lingering because, I mean, as far as I've been, as long as I've been involved in poker or like online and following poker media, it's like eclipsed any other news story in terms of it's getting to be mainstream, like people not even involved in poker or talking about it. And uh, there were just so many different characters and pieces involved. These 12 hour investigation videos, it really did like linger on. And I don't know that we'll be able to move on to the next thing but, unless yeah. there is something that you know is competitively that interesting and complex and here's the thing i have all the respect in the world i say that i i think i mean it i do i have all the respect in the world for these guys for with for joey and and that i know what they're doing they had to do it but for me they weren't investigations they were no. TMZ shows. And when you do an investigation, you don't come out and accuse people without, without uh, um, you don't have random people who have no knowledge, nothing but an opinion to come on and start shouting out against this girl, that guy, this guy, me, whatever. That's not an investigation. That is basically a witch hunt. Right. And, and so that's fine, but that's what sells. That's right. what sells. Exactly. That's what works. Yeah. And people want to watch it. So yeah. again, all the respect in the world. I'm not bashing. I'm just saying a true investigation is what you do like what people don't like. I would get like see on Twitter. What the fuck's going on? It's been 60 days. What are these guys doing? This floor's so full of shit. No, actually, it takes a long time to hire the companies. It takes a long time to get the investigation, to do interviews, to do this, to review different data, videos. And then you come out with a conclusion without giving out a lot of details. Like to be honest with you, a true investigation, we shouldn't have brought up Brian because we should have left it quiet so we could have not tipped off anyone about anything so we could try... But so, again, that's just when, when, when people out there say, oh, doing their investigation. Yeah. No investigation. There wasn't, they weren't investigations, but yeah. they were fun to watch. I'll be interested to see if Robbie's able to like redefine herself or, you know, move into a new stage where she's not under the shadow of the scandal. Like for instance, like Poker Bunny, I think has done a really good job in these last couple of weeks of sort of rewriting her own narrative and how people see her and perceive her and like, hey, I presented it this, this way before, but now I'm a new person. I'm healthy. I'm happy. And I'll be interested to see if Robbie's able to do that. Yeah. Sort of a arc as well yeah yeah you you guys i think will enjoy uh monday i think you'll enjoy the podcast um she she's pretty put together i mean she's 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 good she's leaned into this she knows this is her future she knows she can't take it back and uh she seemed pretty she was very level-headed she wasn't manic she wasn't all over the place she told exactly what she said she was thinking and why she said the opposite now whether that's true or not that's your choice to decide. I mean, that's if someone could say something, then you can have your opinion. And and I'll tell you, she she discussed, um, oh, she discussed and was candid about a lot of personal things that that shocked the shit out of me. Like I was like, whoa, she answered that. Yeah. Like I asked her a question, expecting maybe like you know I'm not gonna answer that, and she yeah. just she fucking. Can you hit say it. the content of it since this is gonna come out after about her personal or? relationship with Rip? Mm-hmm. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, there's nothing I respect more in people than them just being like very genuine. So I, for one, am very excited to listen to this podcast. Um, 
going back to what Nick was saying earlier about how like what these people were doing, at least what some of them were doing, weren't investigations. I think that's something that I really struggle with in terms of like social media and creating like YouTube videos as well. Do I create what I want to create that feels authentic to me? Or do I do like the gimmicky stuff that like is more likely to get views? Um, So I understand where these people are coming from. But yeah, to, to label it an investigation is perhaps like a yeah. tagline more than it is reality. Yeah. I mean, let's let's talk business. Business-wise, Joey did the smart thing. Oh, for sure. Business-wise, yeah. he did the smart thing. I don't print. even have any grudges. I, 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 we talked after this because we were not good for a while. We kind of mm-hmm. like pissed each other off. Yeah. And uh, he, to his credit, uh, I reached out to him and I said, you got a minute. And, and we were both very honest and he was very gracious and I was back to him. And so... I don't want anything I'm saying today to be taken anywhere other than that. But I also will still say how I feel. And that is business wise, he made the right decision. Um, it got views. He probably had more people in the live chat than he's ever had, I think. And, and I mean that respectfully because it just was so such an interesting topic. Um, he's made he had to go 12 hours like this was an interesting topic. Right. And um, but to your point, um, like. Is that what you want to do? Because it's not real. It wasn't real. It wasn't an investigation. It just was interesting as fuck. And, you know, like do you like you said, do you want to put out content that's clickbaity and that you're going to uh, be, you know, you're going to have like huge success because this is what people want to hear? Or are you going to put out stuff that's true to you and maybe not get that kind of traction, but keep doing it because you love it? That's only something that you can answer because... There's there's a case to be made for both. Yeah. And and if you can find like I try to find a happy medium between mm-hmm. both and talk about con like I got slammed here by a friend of mine yesterday or day before. Do you remember Mike Madison? Was that yesterday or day before? Day before. Okay. And which is fine. Love him. He's still my friend. I don't care. But when he saw that I put up that I had her on my pod and then I'm gonna have her on Tuesday, he went First of all, he put up something and then he went live immediately just fucking laying me out like I was on the phone with him. He said he doesn't he hated her. He this she's a social and I never said those things that way. I just said I hated how she was handling it. And if she can be okay after this, maybe she's a sociopath because I I was crushed just being accused of like not even tenant not even close to what she was, right? And I was so whatever. So I use those words, but not in those contexts. And he's like, oh, you're selling out. You're selling out. This is what you hated about everyone else doing their shows. And he was on his podcast. And I called in and I said, Mike, stop this shit. I didn't say that. I said this. He goes, oh, yeah, that's true. You did say it that way. I go, okay. And, you know, Mike, like, yeah, like I put that out and people are all going to watch because it's very like, oh, my God, Robbie's going to be on. But I did a fair interview. And I asked tough questions and I didn't softball her. And, but I, what I also didn't do is have her on either to set her up and to make an asshole out of her either because I don't think it's right to do that to people. I think you just have to ask the question and accept the answer. And I asked some really tough shit and she answered a lot of it. And so, you know, like his opinion was I sold out and I'm looking for clicks. That's not true. But at the same time, that's very interesting and I'm going to probably get a lot of views from it. So it's like you got to find the happy medium and I think you got to do the right thing. Yeah. I always find that that like the whole like, oh, you're just a clout chaser. You just want clicks is like such a weird like insult or jab because it's like yeah of course we're yeah. in media you yeah. dummy yeah the more views <laughs> like, the better like guess what on my poker show hustler casino live yeah we want 
clicks. We want views. We want you to watch. We want like, yeah, of course we do. Like, yeah, that's why we're doing it. Speaking of which, how did that whole incident affect Hustler Casino Live and your view counts? Because my guess as someone who knows nothing would be that now you guys get more views stream over stream. We did. When it was first happening, our viewership went up close to 35%. Okay. It settled down from there a little bit, but it's still up now because so many people saw and heard about this that didn't know about it in and out of poker that our business is flourishing from it. With that said, was it worth it? I don't know. Meaning personally, like when I have a dealer who you know almost quit and cried for a week because she was being accused of signaling, it's not worth it to me. Not yeah. even for any percentage of clicks, right? Billy Degaff, who runs Max Payne Monday, could not win, could not play, and was the angriest person for 60 days because they were hammering him for things he didn't do. And I care a lot about him. He's a good person. I fucking love him, and it pained me to watch it. So I would not give, I would not give that, let him to go through that for any clicks or any views. Of course, personally, I took a beating, um, and I didn't like it. But but so it's like one of those things like it happened. I can't take it back. Okay, we are doing better because of it. But I don't think I would wish for it to, to have more business success because I believe business success is going to come anyways for us because we run a great poker show. And people's personal feelings and personal lives and reputations to me are more important than, than getting more views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just... Kind of to sum up my thoughts on all of this, I, I really, really appreciate, Nick, just how like open and honest you are. Because it, from my perspective, it seems like that allows you to just like have discussions with everyone. Like, for yeah. instance, you just calling Mike up and just being like, no, like this is not how things went down. Um, there is nothing I value more than being able to have like open yeah. dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, I'd give this advice to people, although... You, you know, I have two sides of my personality. I have a fuck you side and I have a side that's reasonable and wants to make things good. Mm-hmm. And I fought that during this process. And my first reaction was after we were taking all this heat was fuck you. And um, that that turned out to be a real negative because you cannot win on the Internet. And but I will say, you know, I was getting a lot of DMs, too. And I got one particular DM that said, you're a piece of shit. You're you guys are cheaters. You do this. And I'm and, sorry about that. By yeah, the way. that's OK. That's how, that's how you became my co-host. And uh and and this was like this was way after it was over and what i started doing i've done this with four people that have either said something about me posted something about me i said do you want to talk to me yeah and every single person i got on the phone with we talked it was a real conversation and every one of them said i feel differently about you now that i've talked to you and i appreciate you taking the time and i'm sorry yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've done like the same thing yeah. where every now and then I take like an outrageous message and I just try to engage with them. And oftentimes people respond very, very reasonably. Yeah. Um, but it does upset me that it seems like being toxic as all hell is an attention seeking tactic. And I would hate for people to think that like, oh, like if you're shitty to Lynn, like that's what allows you to have dialogue with her. Yeah. Um, and if you watch my last five podcasts, I find 
the opportunity and and people bring it up. And one of the crosses I'm carrying heavy is just what you said. I And I'll say it again. I think it's obnoxious and I think it's reckless and I think it's sad that people just proactively go after anybody for their looks, for something they may think happened that they heard or something they read on the internet or whatever. I think it's like one of the things that if I could have a magic wand, that'd be the one thing I'd change because it hurts so many people. And I've said it before, I've never picked up my phone and just fired off a shell at somebody for their appearance or for something that someone else said they did. If I don't know they did it, you know, it, what what are you doing? Like, it's horrible. Yes. Um, this actually reminds me of a comment I wanted to make earlier. So when we were talking about how, uh, like, oh, like if Robbie could deal with all of this and like feel completely fine about it, like, she, like she's a sociopath or whatever. I'm going to say this, like being someone who's played a lot of like online games, I played a ton of League of Legends where you make one mistake and someone's like, oh, like I'm going to find where you live and kill your mother. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's so toxic that at this point, like I really like Roosevelt's thing about like man in the arena. If you're not here in the arena, I don't care what you think. Like, yeah. You simply don't matter to me. Um, not because like, oh, you as a person don't matter to me, but because like, who knows what your motivations are? Like, I don't know that your motivation isn't to just be like attention seeking as all hell. And we all know that negativity just does better. Like on yeah. social media, yeah. on the news, yeah. everywhere. Right. So it sells. If I don't know you personally, I don't care. It's the people that I do know personally where like then when they're like, hey, like what Lynn did, like, oh, this makes all women look bad. That's where I take a step back and I'm just like, damn, like, did I really fuck up? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, this was a pruning season for me. And, and I even had to get better at not caring what people I didn't know thought because I did. I do. And I did. But. There are some people that I was close with and that I considered friends that I no longer have that relationship with because of this situation, because of Jack Four. And how I look at that is this. It hurts Mm -hmm. um, because I'm very sensitive. But at the same time, I guess they really weren't someone that was supposed to be in my life. Yeah, um, the way one of my therapists talks about it is so there's like fusionists, which are people where like you have to like have the same ideologies, you have to agree on the same things in order to have a relationship with them. And then there's the other type, which can't remember the term right now, but um, it's the idea that like you can build trust and build a relationship with someone as long as there is the belief that you guys are there for one another and are willing to hear each other out. Right. Um, and I would much rather be the latter. So no, totally. Yeah. And now we don't even have to break this. So you can decide if you want to edit it. I got to take a leak. Okay. That's okay. That, that vitamin water, but you guys keep talking. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah, let's uh, go. So you mentioned that like a few years back or whatever, you and like your fiance, you guys called off your engagement. Mm-hmm. Where are you with your dating life now? Oh, I'm so single. I'm so bad. I'm so I'm, single too. <laughs> like I, I can never tell when people like me. I usually think the people uh, that aren't interested and are like friend vibes, I'm like, <laughs> they like me so much. And then I like make a move and it's like bad. And then when they're oh like obsessed gosh. with me, I'm like, you're boring. <laughs> Okay, so I guess, well, first off, like, what's your type? Let's start there. Um, Physical type, I usually like, like, bigger dudes. Like, (laughs) is it this bigger or this bigger or both? Both. Mama likes big boys. Yeah, Yeah, I need a a sweaty partner. No, (laughs) big sweaty, sweaty hairy bear. No, I do like that, but um, 
I'd say I get along best with like shy guys. Like most of my exes are like more shy, reserved guys that you probably wouldn't picture me with. Mostly because guys that are like, and I don't know if you experienced this, but like as an outgoing, like intelligent, funny person, like usually those guys like to be the, you know, what's it called? The star of the show, you know, and they don't want to like compete with another like outgoing personality. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can. I think I also like shy guys, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, I think if I view a guy as a challenge, also just like being girls on social media, I think like we just get enough like DMs and whatever where like it seems like everyone's like just like firing their shot, but also it doesn't really mean anything because it's just like one line. Or one oh my gosh. Line. I wish I lived in like Ohio or Oklahoma because I would have so many boyfriends. The only people in my DMs live so far away from me somewhere where I would never <laughs> want to live. I would be the queen of Ohio. You'd be Mrs. Podunk. If you got married. Guilty. The guy from Podunk. <laughs> Guilty. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. But. We're talking about how we're very, very single and most, and because we're both outgoing girls, we tend to like shire men. Oh, you guys do. You like Shiremen. <laughs> or at least those are the guys I've, end up, I've ended up with. I'm going to try do that like angle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been doing wrong. Anyways, um, I don't know how to answer that. I'm shy. Oh, he's irresistible. <laughs> he's irresistible. I know. So yeah. I'm blushing. Shiremen. Shit. No. Do you think that um, relationships between poker players work? Do we kind of have to date a poker player because Ooh. they're the only one that understands our lifestyle or is so, it just toxic? I love this question. Um, yeah. I, I am, I'll say this. First off, I am aggressively dating. Like I am on mm-hmm. Hinge. I am working it. This is like <laughs> a it. part-time job at this point. Um, because after like having my wild child phase, I really do want to like settle down at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems like valuable for me to meet a lot of people. Um, with that said, it's not that like the people that I'm meeting on Hinge like don't understand my lifestyle or whatever, but I think value systems can be different. Um, and and maybe that's like the big thing. The other thing, which like this is going, it's not going to sound amazing, mm-hmm. um, is that I have a fair bit of freedom and I want someone that I can enjoy that freedom with. Um, that doesn't sound terrible. Oh, great. <laughs> Perfect. I love Fantastic. it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, I've, I've dated a few poker players recently. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, since I've been in poker, I've pretty much only dated poker players, but it makes sense to me. Not because I was just trying to, but because the first three years, that was all I was doing. I wasn't trying to date elsewhere. I was trying to make it in poker so I didn't have to go like crawling on my knees back to my parents um and then since it's been the pandemic so i think if you are not actively trying to meet people elsewhere it's hard fortunately there are a lot of non-professional poker players that Mm -hmm. play poker so i have a question for both of you now that you brought that up Mm -hmm. and i want to know um Oh, no. All right. So I'm going to preface it by saying, I promise you, you probably won't meet the person you're going to describe here like this because there's a weird thing. Like I, I if, when you're dating, if you check boxes and some of these, like you got 20 boxes and they're like 18 out of 20, you're like, oh my God, I found my soulmate and there's no chemistry. It ain't oh. happening, right? Yeah. It ain't happening. So these lists, just so you guys understand are bullshit. 
even though you should have your list and you have what you're attracted to or you want on your list, most people wind up with people that like out of the 20, they check like three, but they just fucking can't live without them. Okay. So let's get that straight. Okay. Thank All you. right. All right. Let's get that straight. <laughs> Expectations right. hinge, on the floor. Binge, Continue. Hinge, it doesn't matter. <laughs> let's get that straight. Now, with that said, even though I said that first, let's ask the question to each of you. You decide who goes first. If you had to go down the list and build the perfect man physically, emotionally, spiritually, every body part, every emotion, every piece of their personality, describe your perfect man. I'll go first, elephant <laughs> dick. <laughs> Giant elephant dick for sure. What is it, let's list. say it again. Elephant dick, elephant, I need, okay, I need a big, right, large right. equipment to work with. No. Okay. That was so weird. What about, you like, it, what about if it's as big, as big as it comes in white? Is that fair? As big as it comes in white? I do not discriminate against okay. any of the races, but no, I I'm will not saying say... you have to have a white guy. I'm saying, but really if you're white, Latino there's only guys. so far you could go. I've been really into Latino guys recently. You like Latino Like the guys? last few guys I've like had more than one date with have been Latino. Were they circumcised? Um... I didn't see. We're just regressing. That's all. It? We were so serious for a long time. <laughs> I Go will. Ahead. I have. I, I talk about this at the poker table a lot because yeah. you know boys are gross. But the first four guys that I was like intimate with were uncircumcised. In a row. Because I dated yes. Because I dated like hi, boys of with hippie mothers from Northern California. Right. I dated Berkeley boys. Berkeley, Berkeley boys, boys. Their moms don't cut them. Yeah. They, keep the skin. <laughs> So yeah, my my first experience was the first time I saw a circumcised dick. It was you were frightening. Shocked. It was a backwards experience oh, for that? me. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like better now that you've had both? Many many both. I think a circumcised penis is definitely more aesthetically pleasing. It's I, don't, I don't think that we can. It's supposed to have a better that. better okay. hygiene too. Is that true? Is there well, a I think is you, there a musk? I think if you don't wash your wash your dick, it doesn't matter if you it have doesn't? foreskin or not. Okay. <laughs> like, I think All it's, right. <laughs> so now that you've led with I got dick. so excited when you wanted to yeah, talk about oh penises god. oh my god came, you, I feel like you <laughs> finally I feel like you finally want to be here uh, so now that you led with dick do you want to go ahead and rebuild your man now that we know what kind of dick I you want I need to just interrupt for yes. one second I'm so sorry <laughs> This entire time, I was like, wow, oh my gosh, Caitlin is literally the perfect, like, co-host for Nick, because <laughs> you are just, like, so sweet, and, like, you pipe up, like, in the perfect moments, yeah. and everything you say, like, just adds so much. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Now, even more so, you are the perfect yeah, yeah, co-host. Yeah. So, all we gotta do is, once a show, no matter who I'm interviewing, talk about dick. If you want me to light up, like, a Christmas yeah, tree, you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I love I this. Okay. I'm, I'm really, like, so straight, it's embarrassing. Okay, listen to me. Is that true, or was that just fun for the podcast? Is a big package a pre-requirement for you and your man? It's not a requirement. I dated average or small guys, but you asked me what my preference was, and my preference is... bigger. Yeah. Okay, go on. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think too big is just unnecessary and painful. Like... You can't get like railed hard by someone who's like super massive. Are you you looking for the guy with just your average (laughs) standard knows how to use it? I will. Yes or no? More or less, yes. Give me some skin. <laughs> you might have given yourself Give away, some, Nick. You, you might have given it. You think I didn't try to do that on purpose, but let's just talk. All right. Okay, Phil right. is your perfect man now. All right, okay. now Phil is your damn perfect man. And you're next. Um, I, I typically go for guys that are shyer. Um, I like guys that like are very organized and type a and like very caretakers 
like um like i can be i can be kind of like type b like my car always is like late for the oil change <sighs> i'll have like right. you know low tire in my air and like stuff like so i like a guy who likes it's to low air in your tire i know you're excited about all the dick talk but you got to say the things in the right order i'm so sorry okay. what did i say low tire air yeah you go you know you said i got, <laughs> low tire my I got low tire in my air i do i got low air in my tires <laughs> yeah, okay. constantly no right. so i can be like kind of a kind of a mess about certain things like that so i definitely like being with like a responsible partner okay and i get to be the fun one shy <laughs> shyer responsible yes. go on um and massive cock and that's it and rich Nothing else. and rich, oh, rich. rich. i would pr- i would rather have someone who is financially secure and like had but like even is more that so to than be taking, money is that to be taken care of or because you have more uh, attraction to successful men it's more so so it's more so to do with like I'm a very ambitious person like I like to work I like to have purpose I like mm-hmm. to have goals and execute them so I'm not really attracted to people that are a little bit more like laissez-faire quiet quitting type of person I want yeah, somebody that want wants to like take life by the balls okay. and yeah you respect that go. you're attracted yeah, yeah, to yeah. a successful man mm-hmm. okay go on um, I mean, this is a lot. And again, this is like fantasy. I'll date that's tiny dick losers if that's what's available. No, we're doing fa- <laughs> we're doing fantasy. Don't give us reality. Okay. Um, I I I I'm not attracted to people that aren't very intelligent. I do like sure. a smart a smart person, mm-hmm. not necessarily educated, just like curious. I think even curious is more curiosity is more important than intelligence. Yeah. Are you? Is that it? Is that all your checks? Yeah. Does he need to know how to find your clit? Well, I know where it is, so I can point it out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that doesn't matter because he could be taught. Yeah, no, it is. As long as he's willing to learn. I have been successfully locating it for a while now. Honey, here's the map. You You go down this way. Okay. No, it's good. Okay. So anything else you want to add or did you just... Did you just describe your guy? Well, you didn't yeah. say like dark hair, light hair, tall. Built, I like big skinny. boys. I like big boys. Like big guys. I do, he doesn't need to have like big muscles. He can have a dad bod. Um, oh, well. He doesn't need to be six foot or whatever. But he just he needs to be larger than I am. I don't want to be with someone who's yeah, like you want a bigger guy. Like a, like a thin. You like darker thin man. or lighter hair? And sometimes thin guys will be really into me, and I'm like, but you're skinny, baby. I don't. Yeah. Like I don't want to feel so large next to you. I would like to feel smaller next sure, to sure. you. You know, dark hair or light hair. Um, Just I like preference. men of color, so I'll say I'll say dark hair. You, you, I like color, Latino like, boys, black guys. Okay, so you like darker uh, guys, Arab guys, darker, yeah, darker. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anything? But else all my love to my Caucasian friends. Y'all look yeah, gorgeous. That's cool. Too. Okay, <laughs> all you blonde surfers, you're drawn dead. Low <laughs> job, maybe. Okay, go. <laughs> so. I'm just going to try to list it like roughly in order, mm-hmm. um, and I've done plenty of. I have a feeling around. this is going to be so detailed. Yes. Okay. I've thought about this. Okay, go. Um, but yeah, because I've like done enough dating around, like this is like what I'm actually like looking for in a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I need them to be like fairly reliable. I need like uh, actually very reliable. Um, good communication is a must. Um, I think, uh, gosh, like sapiosexual sounds like such a trendy. What is it called? Sapiosexual. Don't know what it is. So it's the idea Shocking. that like you're turned on like by your Fuck mind. You. <laughs> that was so Fuck good. Fuck you. That was so good. <laughs> so true, but fuck you. All right. What um, is it? What is it again? 
Sapiosexual. So, yeah, it's the yeah. idea that you're attracted, to, inti- you're attracted to intelligence. Is that what it is? <laughs> it really is. Um, but it's not. It's not just. I don't like believe her now. Book smarts. <laughs> it's a con- like uh, kind of like you. Said, Common like, there sense, needs street be- smarts, world life experience. It's that, but then also like the conversation I have with them needs to be stimulating. Like it got needs it. to be fun. They and need lively. to stimulate your mind as much as everything else. Exactly. Okay. Got like, it witty clever all of that like that's like really really funny to me um funny is good like clever would be good i i don't need like a bunch of like super like i don't need zingers all the time um Mm -hmm. so yeah personality is huge okay intelligence matters um someone who thinks through things well i i would really prefer that um kind that's a big one and i also need to be with someone that's glass half full like i just don't have that much energy for like negativity also when i'm spending a ton of time with someone i think like how they view the world really impacts me um because i'm kind of impulsive well you're impressionable too probably right like impulsive impressionable i'm impulsive i've often said if you put two people two negative people um uh a positive person and a negative person in a room for two days they're both going to come out negative it's really hard to fight off negativity. You have to fight uh, I just for shut your mind. down. You have to fight for your mind. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, I just, like, block a lot of okay. it out, but then I also try to right. escape the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of that, it's I it's really important to me that I'm with someone who reliably makes good decisions. So, like, when big life things come up, I don't want to be the sole uh, or primary decision maker even, but I also need to feel like, like my input matters. Um that aside, looks wise, I don't care that much. Like you can be any ethnicity. Um, like I like good hair, I like nice eyes, all the typical things. Mm-hmm. But if I like you, like we can we can work around a lot of it. Um, in shape matters to me. Like I need to feel like you take care of yourself because, like I do a pretty good job of like making to the gym and all of that. Um, yeah, so. I like that we have different types, by the way. This yeah, is like, cute. are this you, is cute. when you first see someone without any of those other things, what's your initial attraction to a guy physically? Do you have, even though you don't have a preference if they're all those other things, are you more attracted to white guys, Asian guys, black guys, tall guys, skinny guys? Like, what's, I really don't think something. like ethnically it matters all that much. Um, I haven't dated as many like black and Latino guys simply because I'm not around that many black and Latino guys. Um, height, I, I look forward to some degree, but it doesn't like, it doesn't actually matter, hmm. right? Like, I think it's maybe a little bit harder for someone who's shorter to get their foot in the door, but once they're there, I really truly do not care. <laughs> Once they're there, your <laughs> foot in the door. It's like a little little guy trend. That's a little harder for a guy to get his penis in the vajay uh, if he's short. But you know, once he's there, and I like him, it's okay. I will say good sex is huge. Like, mm. I can't be with someone where, like, I ever think about someone else. So, like, and that's something that obviously, like... Unless you guys decide together you're going to. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. That. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think I think that pretty much more or less, like, wraps yeah, up Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, guys, yeah. well, if you fit that bill and you're witty <laughs> and uh, you're... Well, you could be short, and it uh, <laughs> doesn't matter what color you are or anything else, uh, as long as you're put together and you're responsible and you show up on time, give Lynn a DM. Yeah, punctuality, top yeah. of the list. Your DMs are going to go through the roof. <laughs> Guys are going to be Thanks, like, Nick. yeah. To appreciate it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You too. 
I me too, but it's going to be all <laughs> fucking bazooka dicks that are going to DM you. I'm not complaining. It's <laughs> what I asked for. Okay. <laughs> um, Nick, as someone who... Whoa. You, you <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I'm not answering this shit. <laughs> Why? Go ahead. You've been happily married for quite a while now, right? I, yeah. Uh, I'm married 30 years and shit. Yeah. I very briefly met your wife in Vegas. Um, she seems so lovely. Mm-hmm. What, like... What tips do you have? Like, for instance, do you think there's anything that we're leaving off the list, or do you think there's anything we are under or over? Yeah, I could answer that really easy because I already did. Oh, it's like this. Boy. No, I swear it's not even going to be a joke. Okay, tell yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can check every single box. I've seen people do it a million times, and they get married because of it. He's this. He's that. He's this. She's this. But box, 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 box. Everything. The bottom line is marry somebody that you have chemistry with, that you like, even if all their shit is the opposite of what you like, but you can't live without them and you just, and you have to be like jealous of them a little bit. Like where, like if you're with someone and you're just not even that, I don't mean jealous like in a, in a bad way. I'm just saying like the chemistry and really just like, I just can't live without that person Mm -hmm. is the key. And of course, if that person is the way it is, but they're a drunk and they don't work and they're this and they're abusive, then no. I mean, what I'm saying is, of course not. But I don't think checking boxes in relationships do any good, although it's nice to know what you like and hopefully they have these things. And if you're attracted to those things and they have them, good. But um, I've seen so many people marry the perfect person because they were perfect on paper. It won't last. You will think about the person that's not perfect that you just can have the greatest conversation with that you just like are so stimulated by regardless of looks or anything else Mm -hmm. that's the person you should be with regardless of how big their dick is um hopefully they're big and if they are then oh my god you got everything but you know what i mean no and in full transparency um we talked about my breakup already on this podcast um i think a huge reason why we didn't end up getting married despite the fact that we were what each other wanted on paper was a chemistry issue we just didn't have that like fire and passion for each other i've been in relationships like that and Mm -hmm. they just don't work yeah Yeah. because as soon as like look here's another thing i don't care how much you crazy about someone i don't care whatever you have to work at monogamy. It's not something that for a lot of, not every, some people does. Not everyone comes natural. You're going to be attracted to other people. How about we leave it well, at that? Well, you can, you, but yeah. you can also choose non-monogamy. Not yes, yes, of course. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I should have said it differently. If you want people monogamy. People believe that like if you find the right person, you're not going to be attracted to someone else. That's not mm-hmm. true. Yeah. You're going to be attracted to other people. It just has to be worth enough not to do it. Yeah. Right? Or that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I just, I that's that's like just no checklist. I okay. did that because it was fun with the checklist. But yeah. I believe if it's like you just like, whoa, that person is like someone, you know. Um, yeah. I'm just asking questions selfishly. No, do me, it. So. It's great. Yeah, Ask, that was whatever. great. Great. Mm-hmm. Another question. Um, are both of you very monogamous and have you guys always known you would be? Well, I'm married, so this is a tougher question for me, but Mm -hmm. I have, I, I, monogamy doesn't make as much sense to me, although you have to lean into monogamy, right? Because that's the way it should be. But I, so I'm answering it this way. I am very often attracted to other women and I always have been. And I do believe in my, my spiritual beliefs that like you should be monogamous, but I also believe that some people lean way farther into that and it's not meant for them. 
that's just the best way I could answer okay. that. I don't think it's for everybody. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Caitlin, I, I'm definitely, I think, more of a monogamous person. Um, I don't think I'm emotionally mature enough to handle polyamory or I don't know. Like I, I but I definitely have like a lot of respect for people that choose that lifestyle and I see why they do it. And a lot of times, like my friends that I have in my real life that are polyamorous are some of like the most happy, well-adjusted people I know, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I, I've, How about you? I've seen something similar from time to time, mm-hmm. but also sometimes being poly is just a shit show so it's like okay. every, it's like every group or every identity ever where people are just still people and different um gosh i am trying to figure it out uh mm-hmm. i have briefly dabbled in open relationships in the past i've like uh, most of them have trended like being monogamous um i personally and of the opinion where like i think i bring a ton of value as a partner i don't really care who you sleep with if you're in this like wild crazy thing that i'm not into like i want you to be happy go live your best life please don't bring home any stds so you don't have a jealousy insecurity chip that if you're with somebody and you really are into them and they're into you and you guys have an agreement, whatever that agreement is, you can handle somebody that you love or are in love with, have sex with someone else because that does not threaten you. You just wanna be their number one in trust, in 100% transparency, and at the end of the day, it's about you two. That's exactly what it is, yes. Like, just like how you can have like other friends, you can have other hobbies. Like, if I don't feel secure in my relationship, we have a big problem like then jealousy is off the charts as long right. as i feel the it's only secure. way that will work is if yeah. you guys are just nuts tied in solid yes otherwise absolutely. there's too much there's too much to think about and you're always looking over your shoulder and it won't work that that's exactly it yeah. and like if i'm like not feeling good about my relationship i feel really bad like it's it eats away at me um with that said like Uh, This is like something where I don't really like some people know like, oh, I'm very monogamous or I'm very poly. I don't know that I feel either way. Like, I think I'm like a little bit more like fence setting where I think if I meet like a great guy, like if we could draw the spectrum, I'm not all the way monogamous. So like, like you said, I'd have to lean into it. I'd have to work at it. But I think I absolutely can. Um, And kind of like you said, it might also just be like the easier path to take because talking about like all these things that like make us insecure or like whatever we're doing with everyone else like all of that communication I bet takes a whole lot of work that I don't know if I actually want to sign up for so all of that just to say but part of that I heard in there too is that there's a part of you that I wouldn't say is afraid of monogamy because you just said I probably could do it Mm -hmm. if I'm with the right person but there's a part of you that thinks that even though you want to have that love bond and that thing between just the two of you where it's all like honesty transparent Mm -hmm. bond everything but you're kind of saying to yourself what I hear is that you may want to have physical relationships with more people than one maybe because that's important to you maybe and this is like this is a big maybe because I think it when I like make changes in my life, changes happen lightning fast. And I think this is one of those things where like, I, I think I used to be able to like crush on a lot more people and like, I would just be attracted to so many more people these days. Like it takes a little bit more of a connection and it's also just not something I'm looking for. Left it's maturity. Right. You're just changing. It's like we talked about. <laughs> is that what it's called? Well, but it's, 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 you're evolving. How about right. that? Not no, maturing. You're evolving I, I, into a different person than you were. And yeah. To be fair, like I joke, but I really do think it is like me maturing. Yeah, um, it is. So 
Yeah, like, so I think, like, at 19, like, being monogamous just, it seems like a lot of work, and it seems like it, it comes with, like, a high opportunity cost, where, like, I can't see all of these other people. Who cares now? Like, I just want to, like, wake up, go to the gym. I want to ideally, like, hang out with my partner. I want to do some kind of work that I find fulfilling, and then I want to go to sleep with that same partner. Right. So You want that at the end of the day, and you want that bond. I guess the thing is, I just don't know. Like, yeah, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You're you're in transition. Yeah. Yeah, you'll figure it out. But I would, yeah. I um, just got so much of that romance, romanticness left in me. <laughs> like the like the version of me that watched Disney movies yeah. and like rom coms growing up. And I still like I haven't given up on the fairy tale in my mind. So of like the, soulmate. Like I, I believe in soulmates and stuff like that. You're all over the map. You're either fairy tale or big dick. I don't know. <laughs> both. Okay, yeah, both. Um, what well, fairy tale big doesn't dick. include a big dick? That's that doesn't sound, doesn't sound like a happy ending to me, Nick. No, no pun, but I walked into that one. Um, oh. uh, wow. <laughs> Let me think for a second. Let me gather myself. Um, Nick's blushing. Yeah, no, I don't know if I'm blushing. I'm thinking I had something I was going to add. Oh, oh, so I could say this. Let's just say we took Nick at 20 and Nick at my age now, but not married. So we're just just doing flat. Oh, boy. No, 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 no. Not like what you think. (laughs) It's not going to go X-rated. I'm just saying you made a point that that is something that resonated with me. Mm -hmm. If I was in my early, early days, Mm -hmm. all you had to do was be hot. Mm, all you had to just be hot I'm in right Mm -hmm. it's not that way for me now so if I was like single and I was doing whatever I still am attracted to physicalness like I have to be attracted to you physically I do I don't care if that's shallow and shit what every group says I need to be physically attracted to you okay but I have to have a connection Mm -hmm. I have to be interested in you you have to stimulate me Mm -hmm. mentally Mm -hmm. for me to want to do that now yeah, That's likewise. All. And I think that comes with just evolving because okay. when you're 20, you're just like, you're hot, bend over. <laughs> okay? Oh now, God. like, you're Easy. hot and you're really smart and I'm sort of tired. Let's go watch a movie and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking around. Anyways, tongue in cheek. It's time for another testosterone injection. Fuck you, <laughs> baby. We're getting a little tired yeah. of in. It's like, <laughs> baby, you're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch you in the morning. But anyways, no. Okay, come on. Something else. You guys go. One more thing. Nick. Okay, go ahead, Lynn. I'm giving you so many compliments today, but I really love how open you are about everything, including things like testosterone injections. I have a mm-hmm. bunch of friends who get yeah. them done, including men who are like over a decade younger than you, and they think it's great. It's amazing. Um, on top of that, I think what we're also like, what you're really doing here is you are like widening the Overton window, which is like what's acceptable to say publicly. Yeah. Um, and I think the more that like we brought in the Overton window, the less guilt and shame and everything else yeah. people face and the more connection people have. That's right. Because people are afraid to say some things too, to be judged or to mm-hmm. be, you know, canceled or whatever it is. But on the subject of testosterone, I mean, you can tr- anyone control all they want. Look, I'm 56 years old, even without injections, I am very alpha. I have a lot of testosterone, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, but, but the truth is, <laughs> but the truth is, it's like, look, man, I was just telling you this, not about testosterone, I was telling you this, like, I can't believe I'm that age because I don't feel that age. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't feel that it. age. I feel, yeah, I feel like what you, like you guys, like, I'm just like, let's go, you know? And so for me, everything, including sex, including everything, use it or lose it. That actually blows my mind that you're 56. When I like, I know guys in like their mid to late 30s who are getting testosterone injections. Yeah. Um, I assumed you were in your late 40s. So yeah, you look amazing. Thanks. Congratulations. All right. 
fair enough. I appreciate that. But it's amazing because like you want to be, I told you this when we were driving the other day. Mm -hmm. If I get to an age, I don't care if that's how I feel, look, and chicks, and I, please, when I say this, this is just like a funny line, okay? I know I'm not hot. You're ruining if, the joke. If, say yeah, the joke. If chicks don't dig me and men don't fear me, fuck it. I don't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I you, I want to stay relevant, yeah. you know? I want to stay relevant. I want to continue to work out. I don't care how old I am. I want to continue to make sure I'm ready to go at any moment's notice. And I don't, I, I don't even think that's like an alpha thing. I think all human beings like yeah. yearn for to be vulnerable and feel connected to people and be attracted and f- right. have be found attractive. I want to live. I want to feel alive. Yeah. I, it's I don't just humanity. Have, like yeah. people, we joked the other day, but I don't, I don't want to wear white shoes with Velcro on them and fucking take 10 minutes to get to the other room. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I want to bunch run through that door and go take a nap. And like, <laughs> God willing, as long as you have this attitude and you're taking steps to ensure this, I, yeah. I imagine you'll just be like the way you are for forever. So. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Like I said, as soon as I'm not one of th- one or both of those things, just someone without me looking, take me out. <laughs> Fantastic. That's right. That's right. Let, let that be the message to all you young kids. Things um, aren't working out your way. And you're, not a, later. and you're not a beast. Take, go away. Okay, so will you tell me when you're ready for me to kill you and put you out of your misery? Yeah. <laughs> you tell me when you've hit that floor, and then I'll I'll yeah, be a yeah. good friend you for you. Just and make sure I'll... I'm not looking. I don't want to know, you know. Okay. You guys um, have the best dynamic. <laughs> Italian style, two to the back of the head. Just yeah, two to the back of the head. That's right. Mm-hmm. She's right. Yeah. She's right. It's yeah. Fr- back, to <laughs> back to your roots. Back to your roots. You you what? Yeah, yeah, I got well, some shoes. That's a good shoes. one too. Yeah, if we're, they're someone. He might I, see that one coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like I don't putting know, my feet in the I'm, I'm on the edge of the boat. No, that's not going to work for me. That would scare me. I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. What else you got there, Lynn? This is your podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the Lynn G podcast. I'm Hello Lynn. <laughs> hello, uh, it's Lynn. Hello, um, oh, hello, it's Lynn. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, so I think I'm. Tell them where your podcast is and what your IG you. is and everything else. Get get all your stuff out there. Yeah, you can find me on Hello, it's Lynn everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and that's it. Actually. No Do you have a TikTok? Yes. No TikTok? Um, no TikTok. Okay. Not yet, I don't think. Um, there is a chance that by the time this comes out, I will be on audio platforms like Spotify nice. and YouTube podcasts. Yeah. It's going to be a few weeks for sure. What, okay. what is today's date so everyone knows? Because sometimes I don't get pods ah, out if I have so many. January 15th. Okay, so it's January 15th. This will probably be out in like three or four weeks probably okay. because we have so many that we have in the can. But this is a good one. Yeah, They're this is great. This one. Yeah. yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and if... My episodes are uploaded there. It'll be under Layers with Lynn. Fairly cheesy, but I think I'm about it. So That's good. No, alliteration yeah. is great. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, You're the best. That's Caitlin. really good. You, yeah, really you guys are. follow I like to be Lynn positive. and uh, watch her podcast. How about, let's, let's ask you that. So you just started your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many do you have in your tank? Three? Four? <clears throat> uh, like saved up or released? Both. Okay, I probably have five or six released and two to three saved up. Who's coming out that we haven't seen? And who have you done? Um, so some, well, they were really all my favorite. <laughs> um, Maury Escadani was amazing. The man mm. behind High Six Poker tells the best stories. Such a kind, genuine man. And also I find that as people get a little bit older, they just have so much confidence in who they are and they just say what they want. And like 
with him. Um, he, he said something towards the end of one of the podcasts about how, like, I think this might be a little bit similar to Nick where, like, he is a religious man, but religion is something that he, like, mostly practices, like, within the confines of, of his home. Um, but, yeah, he told the greatest stories. Uh, the one with Nemo and Schwan was really fun. It was fun to just kind of get two girls, like, talking about our shared experiences as well as, like, how we're different. Nemo, in particular, was talking about how, like, she just, like, didn't really and doesn't really see gender like homegirl just wants to win um and i loved i loved hearing like another woman say mm-hmm. that uh landon, i thought it was really uh-huh. cute the moment where y'all talked about how you all had in common that you were sort of like gender neutral growing up like people thought you oh. looked like little boys like yeah. that's because y'all are all three gorgeous women sitting there and you're like yeah y'all everyone thought i was look a boy like growing little up boys anymore <laughs> no they don't <laughs> tell you right now uh, thank you yeah <laughs> Thank God. Um, yeah. Landon Tice was a fun one uh, because this man has just like grown up so much in the last year or two. Um, also, he's so hot now. Hello? Have you guys seen him? He's gorgeous. Uh, and then like shout out to Matt Berkey because mm-hmm. I don't think I'd have a podcast if not for him, honestly. Um man. I came up with it like the night before and I just asked him like, hey, would you be willing to come on? Do you think this is like a good idea? He's always been such a supportive friend. And he was just like, yeah, let me bump up my flight to L.A. tomorrow. Um, and then we just showed up, filmed it. He put me so at ease. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. Good. It's definitely not as high production value as what you guys are doing here. Um, but yeah. Good. What Keep is, doing it. Thank you. What is your favorite part about having a podcast? <clears throat> I love communicating. I love engaging with people. I love that you asked all the questions you asked and that you're open to those questions. I like knowing and talking about deeper issues than just surface shit. Um, I love that our fans at uh, High Stakes Poker or HCL get to know the players and get to know some of the people. They really enjoyed that. So I've been... I've enjoyed bringing that to them, the information. But as I mentioned to you when we were eating pizza, like this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to have a syndicated show and to interview people and to do that. And I get trolled uh, by a lot of people because I look like Joe Rogan and my thing's a circle there. But I love what he does. Yeah. And Why would you want to be like the most popular yeah. podcast in existence? I, but I love, Why would you try to emulate that? I love that. <laughs> I love talking to people. I love getting to know different people and hearing what they think, uh, how successful people think, how, you know, different people than with my ideologies think and to discuss it. Like, I would lean way more into that if it wasn't, this started out as a poker show. It does evolve into some other things. I was going to ask you if you're going to have like guests outside of the poker realm as you evolve, because those are some of my favorite episodes of the Rogan podcast is when he like interviews an expert on Mexican gangs and they spend two hours talking on like a niche subject matter. I want to figure out how to get those type of guests in. And that's what I really want to do. But because the the viewers are from like the poker show. So a lot of mm-hmm. these people are poker players. They know me from there. When we get on other topics, some of them don't like it, you know, so we I have I want to build up my base of other viewers to be interested to know about that or mm-hmm. some other subject and to discuss things. And, you know, I got to be very careful because this is tied to the show. So, you know, I got to be careful what I say and I don't want to get canceled. But I want to be in a in a position eventually with a show like this that 
I could go wider and I could talk about more subjects that are more um, interesting and sometimes even a little touchy and be able to dig into that. That's what I enjoy. So I enjoy mostly getting to know people, digging into the deeper things of them than just knowing about like their poker game. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. feel the exact same way. Yeah, so, but they all go together with what I'm doing and it started this way, but that's ultimately where I'd like to go with it. If it happens, it happens, whatever. But I enjoy this as much. I'm not making anything on this show. All my other businesses, I've done so well, but I probably enjoy doing this more than I've enjoyed doing anything. I just love it. Yeah, I, I, I I'm, a, I'm a, a good communicator, if you will, and so I enjoy communicating. Yeah, I, I can... <laughs> Absolutely relate to that. Yeah. Um, including the part where I obviously am not making a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I also have a podcast where I make no money. Talk to them about it. Tell them what it is so they can follow you and watch it. Oh, yeah. By the way, Texas Poker Experience. We talk about uh, mainly Texas poker, a little bit of poker in general. But um, yeah, we have a lot of Texas poker personalities as well as some general poker personalities. We've had Poker Face Ash on. We've had Andrew Nimi on. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was the episode with the Poker Traveler. So definitely check it out. Yeah. And one thing I always forget to do, I'd like to do now too, is because I don't think of it is, and Lynn, we talked about this we a few minutes ago, and you said, yeah, it's like, is this a passion project, or do I just lean into talking about what I want to, or do I lean into talking about things that are, you know, going to be more popular so I get more success? And we talked like that's, that's just a decision you have to make. I think I'm trying to balance both, but I, le- I say all that to say this. I sometimes have 20, 30,000, you know, 20,000 views on a particular video or over time, like a month I had like 200,000 and something, but we have 11,000 subscribers. So if you're watching this, subscribe, hit the damn subscribe button because it matters. It shows that what we're doing you like and it gives us more traction and more ability to keep doing this. So please take that second. It just takes a second. Go hit the subscribe button and hit the like button because believe it or not, if somebody is doing a poker show and they're out five days a week. They want you to hit the like button. They want you to hit the subscribe button. We are on social media or out there on the internet or YouTube. That's what we need. That's what we want. So please do that. Uh, because it's appreciated. I want to get those up. Yeah, leave a comment about whether or not you have an elephant dick and you know where the clitoris is. Oh my is. God, they are going to be going we'll, crazy. And then we'll engage with you on that. They're going to be going crazy. Thank God they can't Caitlin post Caitlin in particular. Pics. Yes, I will be actually, scouring the comments actually, to find you. DM Caitlin all of your dick pics and she will get back to you I'll if she's interested. I'll give you very constructive feedback, sure. some um, helpful yes. criticism. yes. Yeah. Please don't DM me any dick pics. I will block you. <laughs> Guess what? I'm probably going to get them all. <laughs> yes, actually. Send them no, no, I don't want them. If I get one, that'd be hysterical. I'm going to forward them to both of you guys. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have anything left for this youngly, lungly, young, young lady, lungly. lovely young lady? This I lungly, just, love, lung, lungly. I just wanted to give you props because I just think as a poker player, you're so fun to watch. I got to do commentary for the vlogger stream where you got it all in with Jack three really early on. And what hit can some, I, say? I know it was beautiful. <laughs> Andrew's you, in it. <laughs> <laughs> he called you with ace Jack and he somehow you still won with ace Jack. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Shovel the chips in <laughs> bro. You have an ace and it's me. Ridiculous. 
And then I saw another episode more recently of Hustler when you did the vlogger stream with uh, Botez and you shoved all in on her with uh, Seven Deuce. And she's like, I don't believe you, Lynn. And she eventually found the call. But you're always so good nature. You give so much action. I always love watching a stream that you're a part of. So thanks for being so great for our community. And I will say I've known you now maybe a few years, three, four, five years. Maybe I more. think we've known each other since yeah. I was playing underage. So we've known each other for a while now. That's right. Maybe it is five or six years. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, we were hot when you were underage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Edit that. Edit that. Keep it Prince in. Keep it, it in. No, no, no. Nick's partially no, joking. No, no, no. You're, you're hotter now. Oh, my God. And I mean it. Edit that. Um, so let me start over. So, <laughs> that was just a total joke. I didn't mean it. You found, this it. Is you how found people the one thing we car- have to edit this out. This is how people ruin their careers. To be fair, I was casino underage, not legally underage. Just oh, like my for God. Perfect. Leave I was 1920. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like 17. Yeah, no, so 17's no on. good. Okay. Yeah, okay. Anyways, whatever. but what I was going to say is I've known you for a very long time. And no bullshit. You've always been so fun at the table. I, and I'm not just saying it because you came on. I'm trying to be nice to you. So fun at the table. It's always awesome to play when you're at the table because your energy is so good. At the gardens, you were my soft serve buddy. Anytime I got up to go get a soft serve ice cream, Lynn, soft serve, yep. And so I'd come back with two. <laughs> and uh, and we had fun doing that. But you were great on this show. You, you gave back a ton of content. You asked great questions. I'm glad you did that. It allowed us to just engage with you. And do you have any final thoughts that you want to say something, shout out to someone, or leave us with before I close? Yeah, just thank you guys so much. And also... Just want to remind everyone that being kind is free. So there it is. Be kind, it's free, and not everything's free. Anyways, here we are. This is the Nick Fertucci show. I am Nick Fertucci. This is Caitlin from Texas. And we got Lynn G. Jai? G. G. Who came in uh, with us. She's been amazing. And uh, that's gonna be a wrap. And envy out.